This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome back to the show. If this is your first time joining us, please subscribe to the show. Tell a friend. Help us out, okay? We're just trying to spread the word of this wonderful show today. My guest is Greg Fitzsimmons. I love this dude to death. He is a beautiful, sweet little man who I can fit in my back pocket. Tiny in uh, stature, huge in status in the comedy community. We love him so very much. And uh, he was super fun to riff with. As far as myself goes, can't tell you guys what's going on with touring. It's really tough right now. We're figuring out dates. We're reconfiguring the entire schedule. As you know, we can't help it. But good news, we got that merch, baby. We got that brand new merch. This Whiskey Ginger shirt, amongst other Whiskey Ginger shirts and hat and whiskey highball glass with my mug on it, is available now at andrewsantinostore.com. So go to andrewsantinostore.com and support your boy and also the Whiskey Ginger team and crew that helps put together this wonderful show for you. So go there, check it out. Also go to andrewsantino.com if you want any other piece of information about me, including our Patreon, which is up hot and running. We're doing a bunch of solo Cheeto chats, one-on-ones with fans. It's super interactive. It's got all sorts of goodies on there, so go to the Patreon and or go to andrewsantinostore.com and pick up some moich, support the crew, so we can keep supporting you with laughs. All right, friends, to the episode. Whiskey Ginger fans, it's summer, summer, summer time. Gotta protect them eyeballs from the sunshine, baby doll. You want a good pair of sunglasses that aren't that expensive and that you can get back if you lose them or break them for free? Yeah, Shady Rays are the shades, man. They're some of the best eyewear I've ever had in my entire life. They're super affordable. And if you lose them or break them, leave them at a friend's house, leave them at the beach, give them to somebody else, leave them in somebody's car. A million ways to lose sunglasses, as everybody knows. Shady Rays doesn't care how it happened. They'll give you a pair for free. They are uh, a a high-quality company. It's far less expensive. And their warranty is by far the best, like I told you. They're totally independent, which I think is uh, the way to go, my friend. They're not some big corporate company that's selling you overpriced stuff. They're giving you something for your money. Totally worth it. Also, they're a good company, man. They provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed. They've uh, provided over 10 million meals to this very date. I stand behind the product uh, because I really like it, and I think they do good things. And also, if you lose them or break them, dude, they'll just give you a new one. What a good deal. Come on, man. What do you want? Go to ShadyRays.com for 50% off two or more pairs. Go to ShadyRays.com and type in that promo code WHISKEY. You know what it is. That's the only way to get some cool shades for your eyeballs with the protection that they need to look cool in the summertime. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code WHISKEY for 50% off two or more pairs. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is Gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. It's Greg Fitzsimmons, the Fitz dog. Hey, baby. Do you say that about all your guests? Every single one of them, yeah. Well, why else would we fucking be here? You you don't have to have I don't have anybody a different I don't guest want. every five years. You can have, if you like somebody, you're going to have them once a month. Yeah, but I've, I, I've only repeated a few people. I'm trying to get through slowly and carefully... Oh, I've, I don't think I've ever had someone on the show that I actually don't enjoy. 
I me truthfully, and yeah. I know you've had people on your show that you don't enjoy. Absolutely. <laughs> I That's just like had the... one the other day that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> Can you tell me what it was? It wouldn't matter. He's yeah. a guy from England. But you didn't enjoy him in Did not enjoy <laughs> him at all, Anthony. It was literally I'm Andrew. Andrew. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is my this and is only, so far we're off to a good start. And I only go on podcasts with people that I really <laughs> care about. Um he was this guy who got I got hit up by his publicist, which uh, is always a bad start. Yeah, why'd you say yes? Because that same publicist then came to me with a fucking amazing guest later. That's a give and a take, yeah. So a little give and a take. All right. But this guy, he had a little... I don't want to get too into depth about who it is because I don't want to out him. Well, we're going to know. Go listen to Fitz's fucking podcast. We can figure it out. But, I mean, the entitlement. The lack of, like, let me dance a little bit. Give me a little dance. Is it British entitlement or just him himself? British. Right, yeah. That comes with the the territory, yeah. Hate the British. I know. Yeah, I mean, that's they they do this thing where even if they're dumb, they're smarter than you. Yes. That bothers me. Yep. You're not smarter than me just because you're British. Just because I sound dumb to you doesn't mean you're smarter than me. You having a better vocabulary is just a function of the fact that you spent less time outside playing sports and having fun. That's exactly right. With people. You yeah. didn't meet... Because the more people you meet, the more you pick up dialects and you and you change the way you speak because you get more cultured. Right. So to me, they think we're uncultured. We're the most cultured because we sound like everything we've ever been involved in. Yeah. They are in a, a bubble of, this is who I am. This is how I'll be. Yep. Forever. And not all Brits are that way. I've made some badass Brits. But I got to tell you, there's an attitude that comes with, ugh, an American, that we, like this... I won't do it anymore. I, yeah, you're I, over I, it? I'm you're, you hate them all. the record, I'll look in the camera and say there will never be another British person on my podcast. Ever again. I have had one of the best British comedians known to man. Ricky Gervais. He's the worst comedian. <laughs> you, you, did you mean that as a joke? <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't know. This is good. Um, no, this guy's very well respected among Russell people Brand. I respect. I just keep naming, just naming British comedians. <laughs> and uh, and I, 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 at the end of it, I go, I'm sorry, man. I go, I can't use that. The whole, what do you mean? The whole episode? Yeah. And his manager was sitting right there. Wait, why? Because he, well, was... he said, how do you think that went? And I said, not good. I said, not good <laughs> Obviously at all. Obviously not good. You were here for the whole thing, right? Couldn't have been good. Yeah. What, can you say his name or no? No. No. But he just bombed the whole thing. It wasn't that he bombed, it's what you were saying. It's It was this entitled, I'm smarter than you, who kept bringing up American politics. Like, you're going to shit. Look, I got a lot of problems with America. Yeah. But I can hear it from you. Yes, yes, Anthony yes. Anthony Santino. Anthony Sartino, Sarantino. But I can't hear it from a guy who colonized the world, destroyed cultures, mm-hmm systematically held people, sold slaves. You know where we got they, our slaves? They're king slaves. They're the king of the slaves. They want to talk to us about our slaves. Where'd we buy them? <laughs> they're the, they started, they are the Ford dealership of yeah, slaves. That's right. We were just a brand, we're Russell Westbrook. We're the branch off. That's right. I'm we're just right selling what you gave me. Yeah. yeah. You just get, you gave me. Yeah. They, they, uh, Bill Burr said this one time about, um, I don't even know. Someone got announced as like a new, maybe a late night host or something. And he had said, he goes, 
I if I hear one more foreign guy telling me about my news, I'm gonna yeah. fucking go nuts. Because right, right. it was like another like he's like I you know like respect to I think John Oliver is great. Like there's a bunch of these guys that are now in and uh, the uh, Daily Show. I can't my my drawing a blank. Trevor uh, Noah. Yeah, exactly. It's like all these young young guys that come in and the business loves them, but there's something about when they just dumpster dive on America. Hmm. It's easier to hear from an American than you're just like why why do you. Let me come shit on South Africa for a long time. Yeah. You like it's just a weird feeling to hear a foreigner shit on us all the time. It can be funny, but it's yeah. just like I like to hear it from a local yokel. Inside baseball is better for me. Yeah, and when they do it from their own country, that's fine. Sure. You we we get it. We have a major influence on the world. We're affecting your country in a shitty way. Yeah. Which is true about most countries in the world. We're having a bad effect on you, especially now. Um, but you moved yeah, here, but don't come here and yeah, say you, we, <laughs> and then Trevor Noah always go, we, no, and us, no, Mm-mm. no, you're not, you're, you didn't, no, you're not even white. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> now it comes out. Now the truth comes out. I was waiting. I was waiting. Oh, I was waiting. Now you were late for this because you had to go pick up your hood from the dry cleaners. Is it completely, is the set complete now? Well, the beautiful thing about it is I sleep on it at night. You know, people always go, where do you hide your hood? I sleep on it. Those are my sheets. Those are your sheets? Yeah, it's fucking perfect camouflage. You, you were trying to get some white um, white guilt, uh, your white guilt dose for the day, so you listen to NPR. Oh. Is that what it is? Yeah. They, they, their, their, whole, their slogan should be making you feel bad for being who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just want to make white people go, I'm a piece of shit. I should crash my car. And there's, in L.A., there's three NPR stations. Oh, I know. It's fu- it's egregious. <laughs> Everywhere from 88.4 up to 92.1. They might be higher they're, now. They're Right. They're like a 93.6 now. They just keep sliding they're up the scale. They're working their way up the real Well, because they, they, they're so good at finding a thing that they know you're going to feel bad about. Yeah. And exploiting it till, till it's fucking, till nothing is left. And then you'll walk out of your car and talk to someone and it'll be on your mind the whole time. Yeah. Like, what's the thing you were listening to in the car? There was a woman who was um, Caucasian, Ugh, and she was gross. explaining to white people that they need to understand that not treating a black person better than you would naturally is the same as dating a woman who had been in an abusive relationship and not understanding that certain things are going to trigger them. I'm trying to put this together. Basically, in other words, slavery. Yeah. For people that go, yeah. slavery was in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't hold you as a slave, so... So I, I'm not responsible. Same thing as is dating a woman who's in an abuse, who had been in an abusive relationship. And not talking about it. Or not, I don't know. Acknowledging it? A, I, halfway through the sentence... I didn't catch the second half of the sentence because I turned to a Van Halen song. <laughs> And I fucking rocked out. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. And that's what that need. They should cut themselves off and just switch to Van Halen's on's mid-interview yeah. just to help you feel a little bit better about what the fuck they're talking about. Right. Then jump back into it and then make you feel guilty again. There is this thing, and, I, and I, I've said this before. Someone texted me and asked me if I was going to go to one of the marches or something or a yeah. protest or whatever in the middle of it all. And I'm not going to say who because I'm like a blood, but they hit me up a few times about it. And I was like, no. Uh, I don't like big crowds, even if it, regardless of the cause. I don't like that. I get yeah. a little anx- anxious. I get, you know, overwhelmed. If pa- I get panicky when I'm around a lot of people. I don't fucking like it. I don't yeah. I don't go to fucking concerts. I don't go to any of that. It's like, oh, but this is for a good cause. It's like, I don't care. 
It's just that this isn't for me. Yeah. Good for you. This isn't for me. You shouldn't make me feel fucking bad about not wanting to go. I don't want to fucking go. Also, in the middle of the sickness shit, I don't want to be around a bunch of fucking strangers. Fair enough. And Easy on top out. of that, I said, but I'm having my black friend and his black kids come swim in my pool. So am I good now to you? Yeah. White person who I know doesn't have any black friends? Yeah. This was the dichotomy that bothers me. Who a is the black guy? Uh, I can't tell you his name. Okay. Because I, I don't, it's not my business to say. Yeah. But his kid's name, names are Jamal and Jerome. Does that help? A lot of J's with the black people. Yeah, they love it. Yeah. Yeah, Jamal, Jerome, uh, Jamiqua, uh, Jaquanda. Jaquanda. Yeah, this will be our racist part. No, but he's, I said, is that cool? And what I was trying to say was like, a lot of people that yelled about people not going or not participating, I know don't have relationships right. with black people. Right, like, I'm playing golf with a black guy tomorrow. Are you? Tom Wright. Oof. Call him Black Tom in the neighborhood because there's a white Tom and a black Tom. That's Black Tom? We call him Black Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that that's my biggest bother. So many people that I know don't have black relationships at all. Right. At all. Even inauthentic ones. Even right. ones where they're like, no, we see each other. I like... Yeah. They don't have any fucking relationship with black people, working yeah. or perf- or pro- or per- or uh, personal. And when they get upset about this whole thing, I'm like, you're awfully upset about this Black Lives Matter thing. You don't have any black people in your life. Yeah. So why are you trying to tell me how I should be handling this whole thing? Yeah. That bothers me. And I'm not saying like I'm the I'm friends with all the black people. I'm just saying that bugs the loudest whites I know have no fucking black friends. Yeah. Zero. Well, wait do you have teenagers? Because my kids will say things, not necessarily about blacks, but like just political correctness in general. Like, well, why? You, you say something and then they correct you? Well, they're just very, they're very, yeah, yes. I'm not using the right words mm. or uh, the, the spirit of what I'm saying is not uh, in line with what they've been taught at school. And they have a ton of black friends. They're, they both they both go to a public public schools. And so they, they have a lot of black friends. That was and, conscious, right? Didn't we talk about that? You didn't yeah. put your kids in private schools. No, as a matter of fact, they went to a Spanish immersion program from, wow. well, they're still in it. So so a half the kids in their school are from Spanish-speaking homes huh. from K through five. Because you wanted them to have a real experience of life. And I want help getting, no, I got to. No, money. I, I want. <laughs> and money. Yes. It's money. Yes. Just say money. Yes. Money. And so now, but like we're watching RuPaul's Drag Race. And because uh, my daughter fucking don't loves need to it. clarify, it. you like it as well. I like it, but I like laughing at it. It's, it's a funny premise. Well, These that's are why they do men it. It's dressing as women. Yeah, it's a comedy. Enough. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. I, mean, I love it. I yeah. mean, and some of them are like manly men. They're like they're, they're not jacked. all like really waif. They're big dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they sit down and put on lipstick. And I and I and I say and at one point I said he about somebody that was in drag, and my uh. daughter goes, Dad, it's she. So next episode, same person, yep. and they show up as men at the beginning, mm-hmm. haven't put on the makeup, and I go, well, she looks like, Dad, it's he. It's he. Right. When they switch, you have to switch. I go, well, what's the cutoff point? Is there like- What if you have some makeup on and then- Right. Yeah, if you have a blouse on top, but you have on fucking <laughs> Timberland boots on the bottom, <laughs> work boots on the bottom. Yeah, if it's just the top lip, but they haven't gotten to the bottom lip yeah. yet. <laughs> Just a ha- little half lipstick. Yeah, right. No, I see. I I'm on your side. I don't know. I wouldn't know what the defining line would be. Yeah. Like what? Like unless it's a person that's transitioned and done that whole thing. 
then I know it's okay. You only have to say he or she, depending on the switch. But if if it's someone in drag, isn't it? I don't know what who fucking what's the that's the thing about all this stuff. There is no list, right? That someone goes just no. It's online. You can yeah. read it. It's like yeah. no, we have to fucking just guess. Yeah, there needs to be a machine where you can plug in, you know, and and also like and I oh so I said to my daughter as a joke, I go, I think I need a translator. Yeah, that's not funny. Yes. No, no, that's funny. That's funny. It's kind of a perfect. Why isn't joke. that funny? Yeah, like what? Well, well, tell me why that's not. You know what's so interesting though? Again, it's like, d- does your daughter have any trans friends? Um, I don't know. See, but that's what I mean. Is like I feel like when you associate with certain groups of people more, you tend to have a better sense of humor with those people. Right, right. So like, I think they feel like when they're in the company of those people. They can make the jokes, but, but when they're not, us, you can't. can't. Whereas we're Used Irish, to be the we're opposite. the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you don't say it in front of them. My grandfather's right. favorite phrase. He said, "If you have nothing good to say, come sit near me." <laughs> that was it. That great. it was like that was like we, let's talk shit. Yeah, right. And then when we're around other people, then you're in, you're more inviting with the jokes because it's a communal thing. I yeah. think that was a way we grew up. Maybe was just that's what you do. Yeah. Like we all made jokes about every kind of race or person, but then also when you're with them. You tease each other. Yeah. It, it was a part of a thing that maybe is a time that's long gone, but I, it, it was just a, a good example. A, a good friend of mine uh, had a birthday party at a place called Plaza. I'm blowing up their spot right now. They're a, it's a Mexican um, uh, uh, tr- transgender bar on La Brea. And it does, you wouldn't even know it's there. And it's only open like three nights a week. And you go and have the best fucking night of your life. You yeah. can bargain with the drinks. Yeah. You know, they're like, I'm like, uh, vodka soda. And the, he's like, five, five fifty. And I'm like, what about three? He's like, okay, three seventy five. And like, it's the, it's the oh, greatest. Great. Yeah. It's, 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 it's definitely run illegally. It's yeah. all, it's only cash. But anyway, I'm with my friend and one of the performers is over and she's dancing all over me and, and she's fucking huge. I mean, Outside of makeup, she's twice my size. Yeah, and we're laughing and joking around afterwards, and I tipping her out, and and she says to me, "Is this your first time at a tranny bar?" And I laugh and I go, "No, I have a fucking membership. Like I'll show you my stamps." And she's cracking up because uh, she thinks I'm a newbie, but I'd yeah. been there before. Yeah, and a friend of the table was like, because I had repeated it, and she was like, "You can't say that, Tr- Trans. tranny. I tranny. Uh, I couldn't say right. that because it's derogatory." But I was like, "Well, she just said it. We were joking around right. together." And she was like, no, you, you don't, you can't say that. Mm. But that's where the confusion sets in. It's like, we just had a fun moment together. Yeah. I can't say it because we're doing it. She said it. I repeated it. Yeah. It's even like with the N word, you notice that. Well, you say that all the time. You walked in here. You said it to me. Well, we weren't taping and I didn't think you'd bring it up. Well, we, we were. I, ever, I, I record 24-7. Dude, how much could you sell that to me for? <laughs> Like, I'm just wondering off the top of my head what I would pay. Your N-word remix tape? To to not have that put out by you. Because we do say some crazy shit to each other. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I was- What would it ro- cost right now for someone to scrub your, your um, controversial word history of life? Well, I said the N-word on Rogan's podcast. I know. I've seen it. It's great. And if I could take that off the internet, I would- I'd pay $8,000 to take that off the internet. <laughs> Didn't he make you say it? Isn't that the clip? Isn't he saying say it? But it's taken out of context because the context was I was saying that I've never used the N-word. I've said it, but I've never used it. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's actually smart. So in the same way that, you know, like Huck Finn, N-word 
Jim, like, that's not using it to say in an English class, I thought the character N-word Jim, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> so it was a whole discourse on that. And then we went in, what am I, a British comic? A yeah. discourse? Yeah, this is We good. talked about it. That guy rubbed off on you. Jeez, look at the way <laughs> I'm sitting. I'm like half a fag from England. So sooner or later, your dick's going to be tucked between your legs in your ass. You walk out, just... <laughs> I learned that on RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They wear tape. bikini they bottoms sometimes. They, and they tape it. They duct tape it back. So look, I've seen, I've, I've, I've looked online because I was curious. Yeah. Justin Martindale one time took us to a place. Uh, there's a place in, uh, called Revolver. It's a like one of the most popular gay bars on that strip, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and this guy <clears throat> was like dancing up on me a little bit, and he rubbed his dick on my leg. Mm. No dick. Yeah. And I said it to Justin Martindale. I was like, that guy was fucking. He was like, we were joking around. He's laughing. He's rubbing his dick on me. By the way, you want to talk about crossing a line of sexuality? I know, like, everyone's getting canceled and targeted out for stuff. Go to one gay bar and get, like, sexually assaulted for about five yeah, hours. Right, right, yeah, right, right, He's rubbing his dick on me, yeah. and I couldn't feel his dick. And he goes, yeah, he's probably tucking. And I was like, holy fuck. That mu- the- then I had to go online because I was like, I have to see how you can even do that. Yeah. Because I've tucked my dick, but, you know, doing the mangina. Right. But to tuck and tape and keep it away for that long? Yeah. So I've I've looked, I've learned, and I'm doing it right now. I was going to say, you seem more high-pitched than normal. Mm-hmm. Usually I'm, I'm six or seven octaves much right. lower than this. Yeah. Um, there's also a garment that you can wear that does it. There's like it a pulls pouch. it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. like a pouch thing. Because I... Go ahead. I researched it too. Yeah. And it is weird. I did I did erase my browser history afterwards, but See, I did See, I've thought about that, up. but they've already got you. Yeah. Because last week on me and Bobby's show, I was researching the legalities of bestiality. Yeah. Like I was just, I was like, is that an, is it actually illegal or is it just a faux pas thing in, in society? Yeah. And only some states it's fully illegal. Yeah. Like it's not, but then afterwards my computer, I have to burn that fucking computer now. Yeah. But the feds already have that. Even if you're like clear browser, they're like, yeah, well, it's gone. No. Yeah, they got it. They, they got, got it. And that's another, I guess, this uh, Chinese, what is it, the G4? What's the? Oh, G4, G5 Towers or G5 whatever? G5 Towers, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's how that's they started t- it, dude. And TikTok. That's fake. I read an article about that. Oh, good, because I'm Cause all over that shit. They said TikTok, TikTok in U.S. is made by, is held, information is held by different servers. Oh, good. The worry was they were holding information of TikTok servers here over there. Doesn't Dude, you're on TikTok. I have seen very few comedians pop up on TikTok. Yeah, I'm on And you're one of them. And they're good clips. They're like, must be from one of your specials. I do stand up on there and I'll put podcast clips on there. Like this will probably go on there at some point. Oh, cool. But I don't do original videos because I don't, I don't, I don't know how. Like I, 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 like I have a guy that helps me do it. And I was like, do I need to try to do like the trend thing? He's like, no, you're fucking, no, you're, that's gross. Yeah. He's like, you can't, cause that's like 19 year olds do like dance. He's like, you're going right. to look sad if you right, try right. to. Oh yeah. But he a... goes, just go in there and do clips, like put up fucking stand up or what, whatever can go viral for that can promote your shit. Yeah. Have honestly, you seen Eddie Pepitone's clips? Oh, well he's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eddie is one of the funniest people on planet earth. Crazy. His special, by the way, was, uh, Better than most of this past year's actual big budget produced specials. Yeah. And I love that dude. And I've always been, uh, if you get him, you're going to think he's amazing. If you don't get him. I feel like he's one of the guys that I'll always sit down and watch when he goes on stage. There's Kindler, Todd Glass, him, that are going to give you a different fucking show every time because- They can't not deconstruct what they're saying as they go. Yeah, they have to be, yeah. 
And they all have different reasons why. Mental illness, drugs. Yeah. Mental illness again. ADHD. ADHD. They all have different depths of uh, mental uh, disruption that cause them to do that. But those are those are good examples. I think of the top of that list would be Pep, though. Pep, Pepitone has the most uh, subversively um, wild sets. Him and Holtzman. Do, do both they do that thing where you're like, this could be a fucking car crash that I don't want to see or yeah. a car crash that I can't wait to see the bodies come out. And and Brody was like that too. There he was, was exact sense, same, yeah. There was a sense with them that when they went home to their sad apartments, <laughs> they were not going to sleep that night if they didn't have a great set. Yeah. And so every second on stage is a fucking knife fight in the alley. Yeah, which is the opposite for you. I mail that shit in. You I don't give a, a fuck, family. and you go home and sleep like a baby. I got a hot wife. She's still got a good rack. I know. You talk about it on stage sometimes, and I visualize your wife in my head, and I don't want to ruin the image of actually knowing your wife Yeah, because she's great upstairs. In my head, she's wonderful. Well, and I maybe she just is in mine at this point because I love her so much. Like, I really... She's probably I'm pretty so- hideous in real life. She's probably fucking gross. It's probably a four, yeah, in real life. She's an L.A. negative one. <laughs> she's she's docked below the norm because she lives here. She's had no plastic surgery, so so over the age of 40, no plastic surgery in L.A. What a, what a cool thing, by the way. Yeah. Because I'm okay. I'm, look, I'm okay with everyone doing whatever you need to do, but for some reason, women reach a point when they're all in and then it become you become a marionette. Yeah, you, you become like this fake face person. Yeah, that does. It, they all look the same. Right. Like how the kids with you know mental disabilities. You know, look gets the same. away with it. I shouldn't say this. Who knows? But Halle Berry has not aged in twenty five. She's black. Years. Yeah. Black people just have that ageless skin. Yeah. yeah. They don't have white crusty. I mean. I know. Look at us. Yeah. Well, their elbows actually do get a little crusty, but the faces. Lotion. Yeah. Do you, you, don't, lotion. you don't put on any lotion. I don't do put you? on any lotion. Never. I don't even put on sunblock. I went to the beach I do sunblock. five of the last six days. Look at me. How Look at get, my how face. How are you getting away with it? Where's the tan? How are you getting away with no sunblock? No, I put sunblock on my face, but not on my not arms. On my, okay, okay. Not on my body, just my face and my neck. And my neck, it's become like a fucking turkey. It's like a turkey with cancer. It's like a bunch of vaginas. Yes. A bunch of old vaginas. Yeah. If that's what we, that's what, we're, what, what do you think was going to happen? What do I care? You know, I shave my head now. That's what's happened during the pandemic. My my daughter you bick buzzes it? it. Oh, buzz it. No, I don't bick it, but I yeah, she buzzes it down every couple of weeks. It's long now. See, I, very I appreciate that. Keep it. It looks nice, nice and tight like yeah. that. There's something about like um, the frazzled bald look where it's like guys have like lots of frazzly hair. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Once it's. You mean wh- like like lone hair is sticking up? Here? Well, yeah, up here, in the back, up yeah, here. You know, yeah. if, you've, if you've lost in the front. Like Eddie Pepitone. Yeah, it's like, just clean, clean yeah, it up. Yeah. Because that makes him look more unstable. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I Maybe f- that's what he wants, though. Yeah, but less likely to get a loan. You know what I mean? Like, where yeah. are you going to walk? Like, if that, if I own a, th- a thing and he's, I'm entrusting him in anything, I'm going to go, oh, fuck, he can't even fucking clean up the loose ones. Yeah. I don't know, man. You, we're not going to rent the apartment to you, bud. Yeah, you and the go- footwear. The shoes that it's like, dude, Ross dressed for less. He can pick up a size size ten, clean black shoes for like nineteen dollars. It's so it's not hard anymore. Yeah. It's you you can we can get everything done at cost. Yeah. People make very specific choices over why they don't want to do things. Which is fine. I'm no fashionista. I wear whatever I've got. Yeah. But it's simple. It's yeah. just shirt and shoes. 
I don't do fashion stuff. Right. I'm not going to go out of my way to buy it if I don't if I don't need it, I don't buy it. Yeah. When someone's like, "Oh, it's a fucking leather jacket." I don't need a leather fucking jacket. Why would I need a leather jacket? Yeah. What time period do I live in? I have two suits. I don't need suits. Yeah. Do you have suits? I have Yeah, I have I well I used to wear suits on stage for a while. Uh, just because I hosted a game show on MTV and I was dressed in sharkskin suits for it. Did you really? Like 50s tight, like Mad Men sharkskin Wait, suits. Wait, what was the name of the game show? It was called Idiot Savants. And it was on around like 1998. Was it your show or they cast you for it? They cast me for it. Okay. Was it fun? It was f- the most fun I've ever had in my life. Really? Yeah, it was just a blast. I mean, I, I t- to this day, I don't think there's a better gig than hosting a game show. You because, know, it's, if, because you just fucking... Just, everyone's got a name. I don't... I have a bad memory. I can't remember lines. Yeah. You got a name tag on. I can memorize the rules, and then we just have fun. My, my whole job is to shit on people yeah. and keep the game funny. That's easy. And we would shoot five a day because it was MTV. Five a day. So you're getting paid well, getting too. Getting paid great. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, and then I, had to, I would do colleges for crazy money. We did two seasons, and by the end, I was, I was making crazy money. But I had met my wife. Just before I got the show. So I never tasted that MTV pussy. Can you yeah. imagine? I could have been like the Weezer. Yeah. The Weasel? The Weasel, you mean. What did I say? Weezer. The Weezer, the band. Yeah. You could have been like the band, too. They were also popular at that point. You could have been like Polly Shore 2.0. Yeah. What would your catchphrase have been? Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> Always having women above you in a different in an apartment. Come on down. That's right. I would have a basement apartment. Yeah, come on down. That's right. But your wife met you when you were, were you broke before then? No. You were doing okay. Yeah, I, I had made, started making money like a couple years before because I'd got a, I'd gotten a, a development deal for a sitcom and then I had this series on USA and uh, all back when Montreal really meant something. Like I did the Montreal Comedy Festival. USA. And I'm from New York, but I started doing stand-up in Boston mm. where I went to school. And I started young, and by the time I moved to New York, I'd been doing it for like seven years. I was like 28 years old. I've been doing it for like seven years. And nobody in New York or L.A. had ever seen me. Oh, so wow. I go to the Montreal Festival. And I mean, when you start in Boston, yeah, I started with Rogan and, you know, fucking Dane Cook and like killers. People that were going up and we were, we were Bobby Kelly, Patrice O'Neill, Louis wow. C.K., Nick DiPaolo. And so... You got good really fast, and you were doing shows six nights a week. So, yeah. so by the time I go to Montreal, I was pretty solid. And I just did two seven-minute sets, and I walked out with the biggest manager and the biggest agent, a spot on Letterman, you cocksucker. a development deal with Fox, and this series on uh, USA. You could never get that today. No. You could go crush an hour, right? You could go out there and crush a new hour, and the industry would go, pretty good yep and that's all you'd get you would get uh some club dates maybe sure that's yeah, it. that you were gonna get maybe right. anyway right. they just saw you yeah. now yeah what a fucking weird world that that is people that don't know montreal comedy festivals just for laughs you get invited and back about 10 15 years ago even 10 years ago probably people were still getting deals off of going and doing well yeah. now it's an expectation right now you have to have some magic fucking eight ball trick in your pocket for them to go, we should invest in this guy. And even then, what do you get? Most people that are getting invested in already had investments prior to going. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to Montreal until I was already on television and had done stuff. 
Oh, is that right? Yeah. I had done a sitcom. I had done two like guest spots on TV. Maybe I don't know if I did I did Conan. I think I did Conan before I went to Montreal. Yeah. So it's it didn't fucking matter. Right. It was like you already had representation. Yeah, I mean literally nothing to me. I was on yeah. a I was on a sitcom the year, two years before that. Yeah. So I was like, why do I fucking this is it almost was a, like a letdown. Yeah. It was like a bummer. I was uh-huh. like, oh, thanks for the fucking invite. Yeah. I I I already did it. In my mind, so it was kind of like a, a bummer that I did well there too because it mattered almost even less. Yeah. So the second year I went back, I learned and I just did mushrooms the whole time with Ari. Oh, that's great. It was fucking incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. That was the most fun time I've ever had. I disappeared. I, I missed a couple of shows. Ari, Ari is, Ari will lead you astray. I need that. Right now, I am so ready for some mushrooms this summer. I want to go somewhere with a cool lake and some woods. Yeah. And I want to take some mushrooms with you and Ari and maybe we would, get Duncan Trussell. I would love. I would fucking. Him and Joe List and a bunch of guys are goofing around in the East Coast right now. Who? I talk Ari? Ari, yeah. Because oh. he was just, uh, him and List were together, uh, I imagine, walking around high smoking cigars. They put it up online. Are you a cigar guy? Yeah. Everybody's a cigar guy now. Yeah. I feel like Burr also became the cigar guy, and then everyone I talk to now is into this thing. And I'm not like a hangout in cigar shops, but I'm a guy that like, if you want to have a cigar, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of that cigar. I won't do it. I don't. I, for some reason, I you seem like you'd be a cigar guy. I love whiskey. Yeah, which pairs well. I know, right. but I just I think because I quit smoking, I sm- yeah, then you can't fuck around. I can't do it. Yeah, even the idea of a cigar makes me go, why am I doing that? I should smoke a cigarette. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, I've had it a few times. The last time I had a cigar was at a buddy's uh, bachelor party. Yeah. And I couldn't care less. The whole time I was like, man, I want a fucking cigarette right now because of this. Not because of the addiction, just because if I'm going to be wasting my lungs, I was like, let me just do it with a fucking cigarette. I kind of feel like that about strip clubs. Like, if I go to a strip club and I get an erection around a woman who's trying to turn me on, Yeah, the likelihood that I'm going to cheat goes through the roof. Whereas if I just don't go, like I have like... But you're never going to cheat at a strip club because they don't want to fuck with you. But I mean, it leads to the cigarette. Yeah, that's the... I think you break something with your wife when you go to a strip club because you might get titillated, you might have fun, you and your friends have some laughs, but there's a part of you that's not going to tell your wife and now you got a little lie. See, I'm the opposite. I tell her. She couldn't care less. Right. See, I, I don't think my wife would be happy, so I don't do it. It's interesting because I think she knows I don't like it that much. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. When people want to go, I'm almost bummed. Yeah. I'm like, why? It's a waste of a night. I'd rather go to like an OTB and blackout with local pieces of shit betting on... Right. That's funnier to me. Right. Or the tran- or the tranny, transsexual the trans- bar. Yeah, that, the transsexual bar, that's yeah. That's way more fun. Well, that's the most fun because then yeah. you're going to get stories. Uh, someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. Lost. That's a night of... Even if you're not getting fucking drunk, I know crazy shit's going to happen. Yeah. I can't wait to see what goes on. Yeah, strip clubs have always been a thing to me where um, it's like a place to waste time with somebody. Yeah. If I'm with a friend and it's to go get a drink and they want to do it and I'm in some city, I will, but it's pretty begrudgingly. I hate to say it. I've never been to one strip club where I've been like, whoa, how fucking amazing. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. Actually, the only one time is in Atlanta. Atlanta has some wild ass strip clubs. Atlanta's known and, and, for and that. And black yeah. strip clubs. Yeah. 
make white strip clubs look like a fucking kitty land. It's they are phenomenal. Yeah, a black a black strip club is ten times more fun. They'll smack you in the face with a tit. They'll belittle you and demean you. Uh-huh. It's not to make you be yeah, daddy. It's none of that. Yeah, it's to call you a bitch, you yeah. small dicked motherfucker. Wow, it feels good to be demeaned. It's really, f- it's just funny. Yeah, because they're so cocky that yeah. you're just like this piece. Of, give me money, you bitch. Right, and you're like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's funny to me. Yeah, I'd rather give that girl money than a sad girl who's lying to her whole family about dancing. They're proud of dancing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's very athletic, isn't it? The black oh, strip clubs? Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, naturally, they're yeah. going to be more athletic. Some of the poles have a hoop, and they, they do they have dunk contests in the middle wow. of stripping. No shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Really? They have dunk contests in the middle of stripping. They dunk? No, none of this is <laughs> <laughs> That's like that's like the scene out of Airplane. <laughs> I, they remember when uh, they go to a, an they get stranded on an island mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and a tropical island and the uh, or Aboriginal people he puts up a basketball hoop, hoop yeah and they start fucking slam dunking. <laughs> I to this day have never laughed so hard in that's my life. What, that is easily one of the greatest comedies ever. And people don't. There's a lot of people at comics that don't really like or know Airplane. Yeah, it's always funny to me. It's a pretty. It's a big gauge of what you know the history of comedy and film. Yeah, because that to me. Subtle jokes uh, died in comedy a long time ago on, yeah. in film. You can't do small jokes anymore. On, right, right. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. But that that was the king of, call me Frank, call me Shirley. You know, those kind right. of like throwaways, yeah. doesn't work anymore. And while they're doing it, there's a banana Another in the background yes. making a smoothie. Like there's, there's eight things going on. You have to keep watching the movie. Yeah, that's the best part. I don't think you can get away with subtle comedy anymore. I, don't, I, I think it, it breaks my heart that we care so much in comedy now to be big. Yeah. They have to be fucking huge. Yeah, I know. I miss tiny comedy. I uh, on Jeopardy the other day was a nobody knew the answer was Caddyshack, and it was um, the clue was pretty on the nose. It was something about like, you know, they did that thing where it's like Ramus Gopher, um, uh-huh. Gunga Galunga or whatever yeah. you know whatever the three fr- yeah, and nobody knew, wow. and, I, and it reminded me how much those kind of like comedy old nuance films probably won't be exist in the social conversation in 20 years Yeah, my kids show me comedies and i try to open my mind like pineapple express like yeah like i watch and i go yeah that's that's good but like let me show you fucking some like it hot let me show you a marx brothers movie let me show you you know yeah and or the the original Odd Couple. Let's get dark and be funny at the same time. Yeah, not be one note, but actually fucking be all over. And uh, but my kids were raised on the Marx Brothers. We had like a six DVD collection of the Marx Brothers when they were little. No shit. And I mean, from the ages of five on, they had them in rotation. They loved it. So they have good taste. Yes. Well, I think that if you expose your kids to the right things when they're yeah. young, they get it, and they love Airplane and. Um, you know they have they have really good taste, but they also have a taste for the new shit. The new shit that I try to go with, like you know, Zo Zohan or whatever it is. Yeah, Sandler's the the Zohan, the I, Zohan. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not my not, they go. It's my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. It's also got to be a period of time in their life. Like, what was your yeah, when you were fresh true. out of college? What was the movie or the thing in culture that you remember the most? Like, what was like, 
it, there was either a band or a film or a thing that was going on that you were the like Jerky Boys. See what I mean? Had a huge impact on my comedy. I, mean, I think uh, arguably the reason that I started doing voices was Jerky Boys. Yeah. Jim Carrey and Jerky Boys was why I m- imitated people and yeah. did these quirky things. But I guarantee you, newer generations would be like, ah, "This is my kids don't really get your." Well, boys. yeah, because why? Yeah, would they, 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 it doesn't have any relevance of the time. Comedy, as we know, more than anything, it doesn't age well almost yeah. ever. Right. It's rare as fuck when something, even a bit you watch from like a prior bit. You know, I know, I know he's the god, and we all love these guys that that have are the beginnings. But there's a lot of times you'll watch old stuff and go. I don't know. That's not that fuck. That's yeah. not that fucking funny. Yeah. Because it's not then. Yeah. You know, like there was a joke I watched of, got a massive laugh. It was like Leno was on Carson and he was doing it. Or no, he was on Letterman. And I like to watch the old tapes. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with Carson. My mom loved Carson. Oh yeah. Same with me. And I used to fucking, I used to sneak out of my bed and watch Carson at night yeah. and eat hot dogs in front of the, in front of the TV. Uh-huh. And uh, she, she would be so fucking mad, but she's like, I couldn't. I showed it to you, so I couldn't be that mad at you because yeah. I loved. She loved it, so I'd watch old. I still watch old Carson's now, and there was a Letterman link when he was filling in, and Leno was on the on in the seat, and he said, uh, "He goes, oh, I got him flying so much, and you know these these planes now. It's like so many stopovers, and uh, you know it's like I don't even know if they're stopping because we need to refuel or because the pilot wants to show the plane off to one of his buddies." And it was a, t- it's, it's like such a mediocre, it yeah. murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It fucking, yeah. M- I mean, the house was like, oh, right. shit. I right. mean, people were like fucking slitting their throats. They were laughing yep. so hard. But I, I was like, that must have been another example of, I guess it's the sign of the time. Yeah. Of why I thought Monty Python was funny, but for some reason, some of my friends didn't. Yeah. And, and their dads were like, you like that? Right. I was like, yeah. I was like, maybe I just went through the matrix hole of liking a time period. Yeah, when I look at some old the, the stand-ups from when when stand-up was huge in the 80s, early 80s, when mm-hmm. it was like Richard Belzer was the king and yeah. we were one of those guys that like you talk to any comic that came through New York in the 70s and 80s. I mean, you talk to Seinfeld, you talk to Paul Reiser, you talk to Eddie Murphy, like they will tell you Belzer was the guy. Mm-hmm. Put a gun to my head and tell me why Richard Belzer is funny. Like it just doesn't hold doesn't up click. in the least. Right. Remember in Scarface? He was in Scarface? Yeah. Yeah. That's as funny as he ever got. <laughs> and and you and you realize the crowds were so hungry for comedy back then. There was a guy, and uh his name is John Ridley. I don't know. I feel like that name you is. You know the name because yeah. I'll tell you why you know the name after the story. And so he was a comic in New York at that time period, and mm-hmm. he was he was one of the guys, and he was going on the road. He was right. out making ten grand a week. He was doing some isn't that late disgusting? Nights, not mediocre at best. Yeah, at best. And then I was writing on Wanda Sykes' show, and I would write a uh, monologue. And I was a consultant, so I was I had no power. So I had to hand my jokes into him, and he would decide which ones Wanda got to see. And I wanted to go, John, John. You don't judge my jokes <laughs> for Wanda. Right. You know what John Ridley is famous for? Huh. He wrote 12 Years a Slave. That's how funny John Ridley is. That's who that is. Yes. I was like, that name, Yep. he wrote 12 That's Years a Slave. That's his sense of humor. Yeah. Well, it's, that movie was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Especially the 11th year. Because you're like, <laughs> no, not still. Again? Again? 
Now you wrote for Wanda because did she hire you? Think because you're also a black lesbian? Was that? Do you think that was part of the process? Well, I got hired by many lesbians. I worked for Ellen for a while, and then uh, Judy Gold had a thing on Comedy Central. I I did. Do you think they see something in you? I don't know what it is. (laughs) It's the outfit. I think the khakis. Um, No, I write for black people and lesbians. I've written on a ton of black shows. Yeah, it's almost like once you know this, once you do one thing in this business, mm-hmm. that's the thing you do. But you're also um, Irish people or ginger people or ginger uh, line people like us in this thing. We're given this weird flavor card. We're given like a flavor card by the black community as like um, you're okay because yeah. you're not a regular white. Right. You're just not. You've suffered a little bit like There's us. There's something about us that we're not regular whites. Yeah. Whether you're a redhead or you're just like violently Irish. They can just feel that you're... Well, we are. The phrase was, we are the N-words of Europe. Yeah. The Irish truly were. And, and, I mean, and I'm Sicilian, which is even worse. Oh, wow. Like, you couldn't have been the more bottom of the barrel two people coming together. Like, well, Sicilian trash and I'm Ireland trash. And do your ancestor DNA. If you're Sicilian, you're black, too. I am You've black. You've got some black. Yeah, blood. I do. Yeah. yeah. No, but... That, and also, uh, the Sicilian side... Uh, it, it's not like I, I like I tried to find out if maybe I had like some sort of nobility in the in the history. Like, <laughs> did anybody own anything? You know, like a boat. Yeah. You know what and I mean? Ho- and hopefully not people. No, no. Well, yeah. they couldn't. They fucking kidding yeah. me. They were owned by everybody. Yeah. Sicily was just slave island. But right. I was like, did they maybe have like a fish a port a fisherman's port? Yeah. You know? No, no. Everyone in my family in the history from as far as we can trace, just shit farmers, <laughs> just bullshit <laughs> moron farmers. Yeah. And all the Irish, too. I've, it's nothing but... It's just... Yeah. I don't have one piece where somebody goes, you know, my great-grandfather was a professor at... Ba-da-da-da. Yeah. Right. No. Right. I come from gum-on-the-shoe people. You're Working a, for it. No, yeah. Never a connection. Never a step up by somebody else. No, it proves else. it. I would have... Like, by, by the way, that's the thing I learned when I moved to Los Angeles from Chicago was... And I learned it years later because I thought, man, how do all these people get certain opportunities? And you learn... People have connections. Yeah, I had z- I had less than zero connections, right. and you learn. You're like, that guy's your uncle. It's like, yeah, my dad fucking worked for Lionsgate. Yeah, I for all this time, I just assumed people were just getting lucky because they're they were talented in the right place. You're like, yeah. this isn't about right place, right time. It's right place, right time. And also, who's in your family? Right. Like, who's who's your fucking father-in-law? Who's your, you know? Yeah. I've learned it now. I'm too late. I think it helps also just. My father was in the business. He never helped me because he was in the radio business in New York. But it gave me the mindset that this is something you can actually make a living at. Right. You know, I didn't have the kind of parents that went like, no, you got to get a master's degree and you got to do, you know, my parents were very much like, look, if you show up on time, which you made a joke that I was late, I'm never late. No, you were. No, of course. You were early. You I were actually early. I that I was two minutes I know. early. I'm the same way. In a weird, what is that? It's it's feeling like you treating this like a fucking business. If I'm going to take this crazy leap of thinking that I can make, I don't think I'm that funny, but I think I can outwork the other guy. Yeah. I think that I'll push my, that's why I've written for TV shows. A lot of comics can't write for TV shows because they're like, I'm used to an hour a night. I'm not working fucking 14 hour that's days. That's just lazy shit. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll work the 14 hour day. This is a gift. Yeah. This is all a gift. I felt like it. I've been doing this 31 years and not a year goes by that I just don't look up and go, I can't fucking believe I don't have a job. That I yeah. I get in my car to go to the comedy store at night and my, have a nice dinner with my family, love my kids, mm-hmm. settle in, we'll watch little Sopranos on TV and then, mm-hmm. I'll, and then I'll look at my watch and be like, I gotta go. And they're all like, 
oh, that's too bad. I'm like, yeah, it's too bad. I got to go fucking hang out with you and Joey Diaz and mm-hmm. fucking and Rogan fuck off. and fuck off and make it and get on stage and have 150 people shower me with acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Does and, your has your wife gotten easier about it? By the way, as time she gone never on? gave me a problem. That's wild. She's never once given me a problem about having to go on the road. She knew the deal. Yeah. When I when I told you when that she met me, I was already doing it full time for But a I always imagine at some point there would be cuz mine mine is the same way. Yeah. Okay, it's it's creepy that she's like never bothers her that I go to work out at night if I I got three sets. Yeah. Like you know I got to leave early and we can't have dinner together and at some point I, in my mind I think well it's been, you know, what I you know I had 14 years or 13 years or whatever and has it I, been that long for, for, I've been doing for as long as I've been doing stand-up yeah, oh, yeah I thought yeah. you've been with her for 14 years well not not much less wow. I mean yeah like we've been together for a long time and she's been there since I was in stand-up like since I yeah. just it was already a part of the game but I was a poor broke nobody right. so then she got to see me get get love in stand-up and start to do things and grow and at some point I thought She's going to at some point be like, I don't like this fucking every night going to the comedy store and going to club and club and like when because so now without her even asking, I'm like, we need date nights. We need this. I I plan as hard as I can. And she doesn't she still doesn't ask for it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's coming. It's coming the day when she's like, it's enough. Yeah. But if you tell me it's good on if it's good, then it's I think you're doing the right thing. I think if and Harlan Williams gave me this advice. Well, he's divorced now, but he had a good, long, healthy marriage. And um, everybody. Hey, buddy. Here's he, what you do, buddy. He came over to my house, by the way. There was a house on like around the corner from us that's like basically condemned because the guy is ready to die and he just won't fucking do anything. Yeah. And he goes, I see uh, you got the haunted house neighborhood, do you, buddy? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was a that was a big attraction in the neighborhood was the haunted house. He goes, it's great. You don't have to, you don't have to go far to take your kids trick-or-treating. They get all the ghosts they need in their life right around the corner. I was like, he's... The way his brain clicks. Oh my god! But wait, he. But anyway, he said what oh, when so he was he, married? He said, uh, uh, "Buddy, what you want to do? You have to do the voice." Mm-hmm. Is he said, "Make a date night with your wife. Have a regular date night, but then once in a while, tell her, you know what? I get a spot tonight. I get mm-hmm. two spots tonight. I'm going to cancel them. Let's go out to a movie. Now, mm-hmm. did you have two spots? No." no. But you tell her that, mm-hmm. and it makes her feel really special. That's actually very smart. And I would do that sometimes. You would? You'd just be like, oh, I got oh, the store. I should cancel. I'm going to do it tonight. <laughs> I'm going to tell her I have four spots tonight. She knows. Yeah. Do you miss stand-up? Yes. I didn't at first because I, I was in a rut. I'd been doing it for fucking... Like, again, I've been... I never took off more than two weeks in my life. Yeah, it makes me feel anxious. When, 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 when it was a week, I would get nervous. If I go see my parents... Yeah. I'd be but like, then when this pandemic happened and mm-hmm. I had three weeks off, four weeks off, I was kind of like, I was feeling like I was going to be able to come back into it in a different kind of a tone. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the tone I was in. I felt like I had gotten into this like... Rut? I had gotten into a rut. I was too... I was pushing instead of being centered. I'd lost my balance, which you always as a stand-up... You're always, it's like fucking playing golf. It's always like you forget one fundamental and then you get it back in and you go, oh, that's what it does. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. I just have to relax. I got to trust it. I got to, you know, it's all rhythm. It's all, it's like golf. It's all rhythm. And when you get out of your own rhythm, it's not going to work. You're fucked. So don't watch the guy that goes on ahead of you. If I'm watching fucking Joey Diaz and then I go on stage, 
it's it's not that I can't follow Joey Diaz. It's if I make the mistake of trying to, of trying to follow Joey Diaz. Yes. With his energy. Right. You can't monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. It's going to fucking kill you. Right. So this helped break away, you feel? Maybe. Yeah, I've been writing a lot. and uh, See, but I'm afraid the material is going to be... See, that's, I've been writing, and every time I look at it, I go, I just don't know how I'm going to pair it or how it's going to feel. Yeah. Because I was in a place, I was doing an hour that I was about to shoot, and now... Oh, no I don't, shit. I, really? I, yeah. Yeah. And oh. I don't like almost any of it. Yeah. And the people I was going to do it with, I was, they were like, what are you thinking about maybe the fall or something? And I said, no. I, I said, you know, because I knew. I was like, stand-up's not going to be... Like, they have this weird delusion that they're like, you guys can get back out there by the end of the summer, don't you think? And I'm like, I don't... I doubt it. I just strongly doubt it. So for me now, I have this weird feeling that I'm going to take all this stuff that I've been writing down and it's going to supersede what i what i had and now it's going to be working from scratch again because i don't even know how much of that stuff i really care about anymore yeah i had an hour that i was just like had shaped it and i did it in portland and there was a guy there was a local guy who said i'll come out and shoot it for a few hundred bucks and i said great i'll just get it on tape and then i can show it to netflix at helium or would you do it at where'd you do it at helium yeah yeah and this guy is great there yeah and uh, he just set up two cameras right near each other, but just so you can make cuts. And But a good camera, and he mic'd the fuck out of the room. He put up like five microphones. Smart. And it came out so well that I'm going like, you know what? Instead of waiting and trying to resurrect this hour in a year or two, mm. I think I'm just going to cut it up and just start putting it out at in three-minute chunks over the next six months. I couldn't agree more. I wish I did that. In retrospect, I've talked about that endlessly. With yeah. I've said that so much. That I'm like, God damn, I wish I just shot it because I was about to and I thought, oh. I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. Yeah. And I waited and I waited and I was doing my tour and I thought, I'll shoot it at the end of this little this little first run of my tour. Yeah. And then when I get back at the end of the fall, boom, I'll have it in the can and I'll start running again. Right. And that was my whole fucking plan. And this just was yeah. the, you know, the ripple of this just stopped everything. So now you're lucky i mean i would i would absolutely do that i would put it out in chunks and just give it to the people because nobody gives a fuck you you talk to these people about the analytics nobody is watching a full hour when they sit down people aren't even watching Chappelle in a full hour okay half hour he put out a half hour yeah but that's what i'm saying they they won't even watch a full hour of him so who the fuck do i think i am i know they're gonna see 15 minutes of you then go get food or go get high Uh and then watch 15 or 20 more minutes later in the night with a friend and then two days later they're gonna show somebody else go you gotta come watch this guy Mm -hmm. Fitz does this great bit then they'll probably watch the beginning again with somebody and then chunk it later and then chunk it later put your good shit up front that's what they're gonna watch always seriously yeah they have no patience to stick around for your fucking your your grand opus like they don't give a fuck when you're like wasn't the closer great they're like what was the closer again yeah I remember the first couple of I I they there's some statistics that say different, but I believe what I know with my friends that don't, my friends back home that aren't in the business, they'll tell you to your face. They're like, yeah, I watched the majority of it, but they're but they really get the first fucking big chunk of it. Yeah. By the end, they're like, it was good. Yeah, it was good. But they're probably cooking fucking dinner or cleaning or putting the kids to bed or yeah. you know what I mean. It's like people are living anymore. They're not like sit and watch. I think is doesn't happen. There's also something about. Um an hour of stand-up. Most stand-ups have a cadence and a rhythm that, like Stephen Wright, who's one of my favorite comics of all time. Love. Can't watch an hour of him. That's because, ins- it's too much. Because it's the same format. Even yeah. if he veers off and it's weird and all that, you still start to see how his mind works and it gets less interesting. Sure. As opposed to like, 
you know, if it's Carlin, then that's an hour. Well, he's writing a, 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 a an arc story. There's a narrative. Yeah, there's a narrative yeah, there's to a it. Right. Theme and there. Yeah. But there's very few people in the history of comedy that Louis has done hours that were worth watching the whole hour. His last hour was fucking great. Was it? Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, I'll send it to you. I have it. Really? Yeah. 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 I'll pay for it. No. Hey, you don't give that guy money. Okay. <laughs> You know what he's going to do with yeah, it. Yeah, you know what he's going to do with that fucking money. He's going to jerk off yeah, on Yeah, he's going to jerk off on the money. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. I couldn't talk highly about it. And yeah, I, higher about it. I just was like, there was only one joke that I would have switched its placement. Yeah. Like as if I'm a critic. But I was just saying, I loved it front to back. I just thought there was one joke that, man, if he just put it in the other place, it would have made more sense. And you'll know right away. You'll go, oh yeah, that. why didn't that go there? Because that's yeah. the same thing, really. Right. And outside of that, the only reason it didn't get talked about, you know, it kind of was quiet. You know, no no critic came forward and it was like, pervert does a special. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. you didn't read any of that right. shit because it was actually quite, um, it, it was quite... Uh, Restrained? Yeah, it was quite evolved for yeah. Louis in terms of like, he addresses some of that stuff. He also talks about what's going on in his personal life and tries to get back to a place of being like, am I allowed to be a human without your judgment right. and still be a comic? Or yeah. do you want to still throw stones at my forehead about right. my shortcomings? I, yeah. Like, it's kind of a nice way of doing it. And That's I'm sure great. people will still, you know, people are still going to be mad about it. But I, uh, man, fuck, I really, honestly, that was the first special I've watched in full in yeah. years. Yeah. I can't, last time I watched a special in full was like, I don't know. I honestly could maybe, uh, I mean, I was obsessed with Geraldo for years. I used to love everything he ever did. I watched Jeselnik's last special. That was really good. Well, he's as good as any of his other. Specials. He's a fun, he's a funny dude, but I um, I hate it. I hate him as a human being, front to back. Inside I didn't know that. Yeah, piece of shit, loser. What? Yeah, you heard me, Jeselnik. You fucking uh, turtle. No, yeah, I love him yeah. to death. No, he's fantastic. <laughs> I was wow. That's the first time I've heard that. About no, no. Jeselnik. And you know what? He's a great guy to. He's actually low key a great guy to drink with. People don't really know. He's wonderful. If you catch him in the bar, yeah. and he's rarely there. But if you can catch him and hanging out and drinking, he's really fun to just sit and talk shit for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I sat with him at ghosts. the bar at the comedy store one night, and I had never really sat with him like that. And then that's the beauty of podcasts, too. It's like yeah. I had him on my podcast, and I was like, dude, we've talked for 10 minutes 30 times. Yeah. But we've never talked for an hour with no interruptions. Yeah, that's true. It's That's the greatest thing about podcasts. Like, I should have someone just pop in here and go, uh, Fitz, you're up in five, <laughs> just to fuck this whole thing up. You're up, Santino. You're, or, you're or somebody walk up to you and go, uh, hey, you don't remember me, but uh, I did a guest spot for you in Cleveland <laughs> yeah. in the 90s. Oh, fuck. Hey, what, hey what's up? What's yeah. up, man? Yeah. yeah. The hardest thing that people do to you uh, as a comedian is when they say that, that, that phrase, when they say, hey, man, you probably don't remember me, which is basically them saying, I know you don't remember me. I'm going to make you remember me and kind of feel bad that you don't really remember the situation. Right. And then you're going to have to pretend like you remember. Yeah. And it's going to be weird for five minutes. Yeah. And you're going to walk away and I'm going to walk away. And it's going to be just a, a little bump in our road yep. when I could have just kept you could have just said, or, or <laughs> you could have gone up and said, hey, man, there's no way you remember me. Yeah. But but, we, but it meant something to me when we met years ago at... yes. In this year, yes, and we said this, yep, and, and then we're all up to speed. Instead of making me fish and making me yeah, feel yeah, bad yeah, about right. fishing when they're when I'm like, oh, what about it? just hey, hey, you don't remember me? Well, that is a function of you as much as me, right? If you had been more interesting when we met, I would remember you. I would you'd been at the front of my mind. <laughs> 
But there also are people that I knew I had a relationship with many years ago that I may have worked with on a short stint. And we probably had a great time. Yeah. And they're like, what's been going on? And I'm yeah. like, I don't know so much since I don't know you. Like, Dude, I, don't, I have guys that regularly open for me and I can't remember their names sometimes. <laughs> I keep a document on my computer that lists the people. And this is... Who opens for you? <laughs> oh my God. Erica Rhodes. You know Erica Rhodes? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She opens for me a lot. Yeah. Danielle Stewart. Yeah. I like bringing women on the road. Yeah, smart. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Smart because so you can abuse them uh, mentally. Because it's I know like, you're a big, you're everybody knows, and let it be the record. <laughs> Fitz emotionally <laughs> abuses uh, his his openers, regardless of gender, but he especially to women, he, he'll go, you're funny for a girl, I guess, and he lets yeah. that sit in their head yeah. for hours, don't you? And I say it with double irony, mm-hmm. where you, you're playing it with irony, but they're going... Right. He's being ironic about the irony. He fucking means he it. He means it. Yeah. <laughs> and they have to sit with it. And they have to sit with it. And then when I talk to them, I stare at their genitals. And then I say dirty shit in their <laughs> tape recorder when they're taping their set. Is it true you make your openers? I've heard that you make your openers sleep in the lobby of the hotel. They're in the lobby upstairs. of the hotel. Yeah. Wow. Because, well, they give me money as a per diem for the... But I feel like that's... That's your money. That's my money. Right. You deserve that money. Have you been to a Holiday Inn? Have you seen the couches they have? Mm-mm. No, they're fucking great. Oh, they're nice. They're fantastic. Oh. I usually stay in a Four Seasons, and I'll make my feature, I'll make my opener. Typically, uh, I'll make them rent a a in, uh, like motel a, six. No, no, a car. I'll make them rent a yeah. car off of uh, Turo or whatever, and they have to live in it for the whole week <laughs> out front of the club, passing out flyers. Dude, this is guy. You know, there's stories like that. That's real, by the way. Like as much as I joke, oh, yeah. I know stories about guys that are like, dude, Craig Shoemaker tortures his opening act. Why? They have to go up. There's a script that they have to read. Why would you do where that? Where they have to say the intro is like a fucking five-minute A&E's biography of Craig Shoemaker. And then when he and then they have to promote his merch throughout their set. Why? And then at the end, they do a whole like QVC sales pitch. Right. If you want to get started, get, started. <laughs> and get then, a shirt, get a hat, get a mug. Then they got to stand at the merch table and do the actual selling of the merch. Mm. They have to pack it up and take they have it home. to travel with it. Oh. Yeah, it's not worth it. I would say if uh, this is news to any opener in young and comedy, if 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 paying your dues uh, means doing all of that stuff, then don't pay your dues in that regard. Do it and find a different way to pay your dues because yeah. that's just not how it works. I that you don't need to do all this. Like I, I'm not going to say who told me because. He didn't. It's not my business to say his name, but I can say Polly. But Polly had an opener that we knew. <laughs> Polly has had a new opener years ago that we know, and that's the guy who told me the story. And he used to make them go when they would go get lunch, right? Like when you take your fucking opener for lunch or whatever, you buy them a fucking lunch because they're probably not making any money. Yeah. And just do the right thing. Take yeah. them to fucking lunch. Don't be like whatever. But he would take them. He would take Wait, them. Polly would take the opener to lunch. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. As a headliner, it's like pay yeah, for their yeah, fucking right, lunch. Of course, it's like a it's a rule. But it's also uh, what is lunch? You know what I mean? Like yeah. let them get a fucking chicken sandwich. Some right. big deal. He would make sure they would only go to Subway, and he'd make them get a foot long. And it's like he he would used to go eat. You eat six inches now, and you eat six inches later. <laughs> so he would make them have lunch and dinner from Subway. That was his rule. 
You'd, if I'm buying the sub, you eat six now. If the club doesn't have food, you better have that sandwich, buddy. <laughs> that, he's his mother's son. Meanwhile, he's making fucking 15 That's grand, right. 20 grand. Well, what was Mitzi making at the store when she wasn't paying anything? I heard 100 grand a week at, at the height. Wow. 100 grand a week was Damn. was the rumor. And I did the math on this because I'm obsessed with the, the um, inflation calculator. It's like one of my... I don't know why for years I've been obsessed with finding out what things were then. So in 1979... When the strike was going on, they said 100 grand a week was like what they averaged it, and that's about 340 to 365 thousand dollars a week in today's money. Damn. That's about anywhere from 16 to 18 so million dollars. 15 million, yeah, a yeah. year. 16 to eight, depending on what how and, accurate those and numbers are. Back then, yeah, 95 percent cash, which means they yeah. claimed about a third of that. Yeah, to the government, they're like, "You're only making 40 grand a year." Yeah. She's like, "Mm-hmm." That's yeah. right. Yeah, and and by the way, that's also back then, uh, a house in the hills uh, maybe was uh, a half a million. Right, a, 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 a man- half a million, a mansion. I mean, with like a, a mega mansion yeah, that they not had even, was right, right. probably three or four hundred thousand. Yeah, right. For a fucking nine bedroom, because they lived in a famous person's house. I can't remember who it was. Oh, really? They bought somebody famous's house. Tori uh, Spelling? No, 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 no. It was like an old film star. <laughs> Tori Spelling. <laughs> It was an old film star. I'm trying to remember who it was now. God damn it. Mm. I don't Rock Hudson. No, I don't remember who it was. You know he didn't even die of AIDS. Do you know that? I thought he died of AIDS. Faked his death. No shit. Faked his death. Faked his death. He moved to Omaha, Nebraska. Was into corn. Uh, got into corn, barley farming. Then opened up some of the biggest bourbon distilleries. Uh, had moved to Kentucky. Took all this corn land research. Yeah. It's all a lie. You're kidding, right? Yep. <laughs> not gay rock cuts and not rock gay? cuts and not gay not gay That's so he was in the closet mm-hmm. but kidding about being in the closet he really was not he was yeah he was not he wasn't he wasn't not not gay was he, it not, not he gay. wasn't not not gay yeah that's funny that's like uh my buddy's uncle i'll never forget he says um when magic got aids got hiv uh you know this like south side chicago guy my buddy's uncle was like he goes he's fucking gay dude and me and my buddy are like, he's not gay, dude. He's got a wife. He's got kids. What are you talking about? You know? And he goes, oh, yeah? How many straight guys you know got AIDS? And that sat with me as a kid for years. I was like, none. I don't I don't know. And he goes, yeah, he's gay. That's... <laughs> and it, like, it was this just thing that hit home that, like, yeah. in my mind, I was like, that's not... That can't be dude, true. Who's who are his best friends? Sinio Hall, mm-hmm. who is, if you've seen him lately, it, his feet don't touch the ground. He's so gay. <laughs> These were his two best friends, Eddie Murphy, yeah. who was picked up with a transvestite, transsexual, transsexual. I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know, know which the one difference. it is. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know the right terminology, but yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and I heard here, here, here. I, I did a radio show in Indianapolis, and uh, afterwards, one of the there was another guest on, and she was one of these uh, one of Heidi Fleiss's uh, prostitutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she told me, and she told me, and I believe this was in her book, so this is, I'm, I'm not putting out. She said she was hired, and she went with two other prostitutes to a hotel room, and it was Magic, Eddie Murphy, and Arsenio Hall, and they were on a bed, and they were paid to do cheers. And while they were doing the cheer, those three guys were blowing each other, and the cheer was... Suck his dick, suck his dick, blow him, blow him. This is what she Shut said the to me. Fuck this up. is what she said to me. 
and we're at breakfast in Indianapolis, and I, I'm wiping tears from my eyes. I'm like, this is the greatest story I've ever heard. Blow him, blow B L O W him. I see all these high school cheers. Blow him, blow, go, 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 blow, blow, blow. Dude, honestly though, you hear these stories and you go, oh god, but this is fucking just people. But at some point, you gotta go. I don't know. Like they, may they got something's got to be true there. Something has to be true there. Well, if I if you have that kind of money and you've had sex with every kind of woman in every I've heard position, this. you get tired of pussy. You try some new. You get I don't. Some... I don't believe that's it. I don't think you get tired of pussy. I think it's no. I don't mean the going gay. I mean the hiring the cheerleaders oh. and doing crazy oh, shit. Right, right. Yeah. They were already. Yes, yeah. that's true. Well, that's like the whole. Uh, well, what always fascinated me about Magic was his wife. What was her name? Uh, uh, Cookie or whatever. What's her? What, whatever. She never got HIV. Oh. And that was a tip. That was another thing pointed out by my buddy mm. Southside Uncle. He was yeah. like, you know, he was like, he was like, plus his wife ain't got no HIV. How did? How are you going to explain that? Yeah. You know, like. I was like, well, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And obviously what he's saying is, and as a kid, I didn't know, he's not having sex with his wife. They not had to sex, mention, they, if he was having sex with her, because it's all about tearing the tissue on the inside. I know. Man, me and, me and you know shot. that well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm not tearing any tissue. No, not with me. You're not. That's why we're good. Right. Yeah, that's why when you fuck me, we're fine. <laughs> I never bleed when you and I have sex. I could be riddled with AIDS and fuck you. <laughs> and, and still you, be fine. Yeah, yeah. I go get tested, and they're like, "Your partner have AIDS?" I'm like, "Oh my god, his his red blood cells are through the roof, or whatever." They're like, "Well, you're totally fine. It's very interesting. Let's investigate his penis, <laughs> sir. You, you're never gonna give someone AIDS with this penis. It's you're fine. You can fuck everybody. You you know, put, save money on the condom. You don't need it. <laughs> put that away. Yeah, you don't need that. Yeah, I think that must have it must. Well, you've I've heard all these other rumors that you hear, and I don't know how. Like Tom Cruise, that's an old. They're like, Tom Cruise is gay. And I had a friend of a friend of a friend who was like, yeah, he used to be a, a personal trainer because he yeah. wanted to learn Krav Maga. And he would only do Krav Maga training and, and jujitsu mat training in um, underwear and Speedos. He oh. refused to wear clothes and okay. made the trainer. And they would get into positions for hours and hours and wrestle. And then it would turn eventually into something, sexual advances and mm. da 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 And you're always like, I wonder if these are just wonderful rumors because we like to tell them or if... They or if at some point they're real. Well, part of it is the Dianetics thing because there is sort of a pattern there. I mean, with John Travolta, they who is gay, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the and, way, rest in peace, his wife. How sad. His wife. Oh yeah, yeah. She right, just wife. died. Yeah, and that's the second wife that's died on him. He he dated a much older woman. Really? I when he know. was young. When oh, he really? was on like Welcome Back, Cotter. He had a wife who was like forty. What? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that. Which stuff. again, tri- hallmark gay move. Yeah, for a young man to be dating, for like a twenty-three-year-old to be dating a forty or yeah. married to a forty-five-year-old woman. Yeah, red right. flag. <laughs> right, right. That's so obvious. And uh, and so the 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 Dianetics thing of pairing you up with a wife. Right, the Katie then, Holmes thing. Right, and they, they're, right. They're, Dianetics is a publicity firm. They put out an image of you and they protect it. And right. they sue the fuck out of anybody that will try to out. We're getting you. sued right now. I just got a lawsuit. I just felt it. I bet. I bet you. If they yeah. see it, yeah, they'll yeah. sue it. Yeah, they're gonna take this sweltering 103 degree studio. I know. I know it's hot. It's hot because I, the the fucking this AC didn't kick on till later. But I want to keep it hot for you because I like to see you in your element of warmth. I, this is great. I, I actually, I actually fucking love. I love hot. 
But why do you live here? And here's what I never understand about people. Yeah. You know, we live in Los Angeles. We have these beautiful beaches that people uh-huh. fly from around the world to visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you live near them, you just go. Like, I go year-round. I play paddle tennis on the court. We play volleyball every Sunday, me and a bunch <laughs> of comics. You just said why I don't live there at the very beginning of that statement. The paddle tennis? No. Going to Millions the beach? of people come here to be there. No, but it's not crowded. But no one's coming up here. Nobody comes anywhere near up here. That's like saying, yeah, nobody goes to fucking uh, no one goes Rancho Cucamonga. Nobody wants to be there. That's too far. Yeah. I live close. I live in a nice, nice little nook. No one bothers me. I got famous people in my fucking... I say hi to Andy Garcia every other day. Okay? I live around dignitaries. Do you have Mexicans in the neighborhood? Gross. 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 <laughs> <laughs> of course. By the way, what if... Th- th- this is insane to me. I, I we were late night ordering food and I go, oh my favorite taco place is closed. And my buddy goes, There's a bomb ass taco place right up the street called Daniels, about three miles, four miles up the road. And I said, Daniels is not gonna be a good fucking right. taco place. Get the fuck out. That's a white guy taco place. Sure enough, I go there and I'm like, No, no, this is Daniel is just the name that they use for yeah. this is the OG, like the real shit. Yeah, yeah. And I had it. I was like, that's so funny how you're quick to judge that you're like, how Mexican is it? Yeah. If it's a white guy Mexican place, I'm not going right, to like it. Right. I don't like these white guy Mexican taco places. They're phony bullshit. They're like, they try to be like, uh, what, what, like artisanal tacos. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. I know. Here. Give me the Give old me school. Give me a food truck, man. Yes. The best, best Mexican food is on By food far. Truck. Or what about street meat? They have that up here? Yeah, dude. But street meat to me, I've gotten sick. Have you? Yeah. When I first moved here, I only ate street meat because I could only afford street meat. Yeah. And I got sick twice in Hollywood. Wow. I learned my lesson. But also, I was like, what can I get for less than $3? Yeah. Can I have as much of that as I can? Yeah. And I was living on, you know, I don't know, 20 bucks a week for food. So I was like, how can I divvy up the week yeah. so I can get through the fucking entire week? Right. So I would eat if only street meat and uh, ramen saved my life when I first yeah, moved out here. Right. Were you poor when you moved here or no? No, I didn't come out here right away. I didn't come out until 2000, I guess. So I'd been doing comedy for like Well, okay, when you when you were li- you went Boston to New York, were you were yeah. you broke in New York? Yes. What a Dead fucking broke. nightmare. It was and it was absolutely the best times too. It was like the time when you get the closest to your friends, you're just yeah. You know, I lived in a six-floor walk-up in oh. Little Italy. So I had to walk fucking six flights of stairs. And they, there was mice, and the floors were bent because it was an old tenement that had mm-hmm. like settled. You dropped an apple Sunk. on the ground, it would like roll to the wall. Somebody else's apple now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't drop a fucking piece of somebody else's food. And uh, plus, it was in Little Italy with all those scumbag Italians. You those uh, fucking pieces of shit. I can say that. You can't. I can. Those are my people. The Italians and the Irish really. They, we fucking hate each other, but yet we get married and we have kids. Yeah. That's a you me. Know? I'm a, I'm a those. Yeah. I'm I'm precisely the. Well, it's no it's no mystery when someone's like Santino. I've talked about it. it's a noise. Oh, you're a redhead named Santino. It's like yeah. Have you ever been to um, Philly, fucking, the Bronx, Boston, yeah, the low rent neighborhoods? Right. Guess who's living there? Yep. Irish and fucking Italian That's people, right. because they're like this is the only place that we can afford, and we're with these pieces of shit, and they'll fight relentlessly over. You know, who's the king? What is it? Somebody tweeted. This was really funny. Somebody tweeted and sent it to me. They go, this is perfect for you. Some kid from the Bronx goes, I'll fight any fucking Irish person in the United States. I'll pay for your plane ticket to prove that Italians are better than Irish. <laughs> I thought that was so 
Someone tell give her the Bronx. Like I'll fight any fucking Irish That's kid fucking in great. the U.S. to prove that and we're better. And I had I had two guineas on my podcast this afternoon. I had Michael Imperioli mm-hmm. and uh, Steve Sharippa. Oh yeah, they're moving around a bunch, doing a bunch of shows. Yeah, well, they're promoting this um, Sopranos podcast that they're doing. I think we were gonna have them on this show, but I said I don't I don't want some fucking wop pigs on my show. You know, I don't want some guinea fucking noodle pigs on my show. Take your spaghetti, fuck off. Well, in this heat, can you imagine how fucking dis- <laughs> Italians, the, the women, the sweat just drips from the armpits. Yeah, yeah. Because they're hairy they're and they're hairy. oily. They yeah. drink olive oil yeah. out of a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> they just fucking... This clip will be removed out of context. As it, yeah. <laughs> Fitz and Santino hate on Italian. Right, right. Yeah, Italy Daily will be fucking tweeting about us. But well, I was thinking when I was talking to them about these were the guys I fucking hated growing up because I was born in the Bronx and I lived there till I was about nine and it was all Italians as yeah, my yeah, parents yeah. used Italians. to say. Italians. Yeah. And then we moved to Tarrytown, which was like uh, every type of person. And uh, to this day, when I talk to Irish people, like my friend Mary, I can't say her last name, but she's like, oh, you she's can't? like they're dumb. She's like, they're just fucking dumb. They're dumber. Gallagher, O'Houlihan. Uh, uh, it starts with Fitz. Oh, does it? F- my here's my three best friends in in L.A. are Gubbins, Gibbons, Fitzgibbons, Mike, and Fitzsimmons. Yeah, and Mike. Mike, Mike yeah, Mike, yeah, yeah. That's that is so funny. That's so insane. And then Mike, I should show you my speed dial on my phone. It's Fitzgerald. It's Dugan. It's uh, Malloy. Donovan. Malone, any Maloney's in there? O'Neal. Right. <laughs> no Maloney's. And those really are my best friends. Yeah. But I look more like those people than they probably do. Yes, you do. It's so funny. When I, whenever I go anywhere to any predominantly Irish place, they look at me like I'm the I'm the representation in yeah. some way. Because I have the fucking map of Ireland on my face. Right. Meanwhile, most of my family doesn't look... They don't look like I... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a handful that kind of look very Irish. Right. The Irish face, the pug nose, you know, like the tiny little, but not. Uh, I think you carry yourself more like an Italian, though. Like you have more. Attitude. You have more attitude. Yeah. Yeah. More yeah. self-confidence. More of the asshole thing got from the, the, the lightheartedness, joke about everything, make fun of sadness. That's right. That's the Irish thing. Right. But the Italian is like any sense of cockiness, by the way, comes from the Italians. Like the co- cockiest motherfuckers yep. on earth. Yeah. Just uh, unfounded. Uh, oh yeah, dude. They both and they like peacocking. You know, like showing off. Yeah, peacocking is inherently an Italian thing. They fucking love showing off. Mm-hmm. It's such a big deal to be like, I am the thing. Yeah. And meanwhile, Irish are embarrassed. You're not. You're not supposed to be there. You should be embarrassed that they let you in. Yeah. And you should be quiet and hide away until you get approval. And even then, belittle the fact that you're. They even let you in. You look at where we go. We look at where we drink. Right. Irish people. Dark, dark, bars. black. Yeah, you yeah. Sit at the bar in the corner, quiet, and you listen to fucking sad music. <laughs> and then Italians, discotheques, mirrored balls spinning with lights flashing, showing them themselves. <laughs> yeah, just mirrors of themselves everywhere. They could see themselves at all times. Right, right. That is true. It just it just became a. I think so. I I stole the confident thing from my dad's side because I had to for for comedy for stand up, and I'm lucky that that I got that because. You, you have, you have that though. You have this, if you don't, if you have, if you're really funny, but don't have enough confidence, you'll literally never make it. Yeah. Yeah. There's guys I know that are hysterical. They just lacks the thing of like believing in it. And it's the one thing that they'll, that'll hold them back. Yeah. I have a really good friend. I don't want to say his name who I think is arguably one of the funniest people at the comedy club 
in any given time of anybody who's there. Yeah. He's got this weird confidence thing where he is confident, but it doesn't feel genuine. Yeah. It feels like it's only because he knows he's good. Sometimes, though, I think the confidence thing at the store has become so primary. Mm. Like that overtakes jokes? Yes. Sure. I feel like the bravado on stage has almost become bigger than the joke writing and the subtlety that you see in other places. And yet, I do think it's the best place to do comedy in L.A. Yeah. You know, the crowds that show up there, I don't know why, but they're there for the ride. They show up to fucking laugh. And you don't see that in the other clubs as much. No. Well, you don't see that in almost anything as much. And I think it's also because of the namesake. People know the history. They know that they're going to get a mixed bag of nuts. Yeah. I think they're excited about that. Right. I think that's hard to sell somebody who doesn't have a familiarity with what the history of the place is. Yeah. They would just go like, why is this so strange? Like, you know, when, you know, when like there's comment cards at certain comedy clubs. Yeah. And they'll complain about a feature or something. Yeah. And it's like, we only came to see the headline. Right. It's like, are you right. that much of a cunt that you can't sit through someone that I think is also talented? Yeah. yeah. Like, you just don't want to invest your time in anybody else. Like, that's right. how spoiled we are as consumers of entertainment that, you know, it's, it goes, just goes to show. We talked about like, can't watch an hour of stand up anymore either. Cause we're like, I don't need to. Yeah. I'll fucking watch six minutes and I'm, I'm good. Right. Give me what you've got in this little thing. You know, although Quibi, Quibi proved to not be the model. I think they thought that that was going to be the thing. And who knew that people weren't going to pay anything <laughs> for the internet. It's literally where it's like, just what do they say? Two bucks. Give us two bucks a month and we will, program the biggest stars yeah. with million dollar budgets people are like nah, nah not even gonna do that no i think the biggest problem with it is that um it wasn't authentic it's yeah. not it's not organic right, right. people are cool with yeah. paying as yeah. long as they feel like it's organic that's true this sounds like a bunch of old white guys where and which it is we're like we got we have to make a youtube for the phone but yeah. with famous people yeah and they can, and young kids are smart. Like your kids are fucking so smart. It's yeah. unbelievable that they even associate with you anymore. Yeah. You know, because you know your level of intelligence. It's fine. But your kids are really intelligent. <laughs> I try so hard. I swear to God, I really do. But you know how smart they are, <laughs> and you know that they know your bullshit. So, like, I guess maybe I was dumber. We didn't see through as much shit. And now that they're so privy and informed, yeah. kids go, Nah, that's fucking phony. They knew it before it launched. I remember talking to them about Quibi, and they're like, Dad, it's going to last two fucking... He, eating cereal on his phone. I got, Dad, yeah, it's going to last two weeks. Because, they, like, because they've been they've grown up in a time when um, the curtain is exposed. You know, like They always see uh, the man behind the curtain. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Our generation, I mean, my generation, I didn't really see it as much. There wasn't as much behind the scenes. We didn't get it yet. Yeah. But their generation is pure, like, here's everything. That's how the machine works. Yeah. They see how the sausage is made now. But someone's still got to pay for the machine. And that's the thing about the internet is, like, we could use it to tour and make money. But now mm-hmm. that we're not touring, and we may not this year really I don't, I, I at all. I think until next year, yeah. Then how do you monetize? Well, podcasting you can monetize. But for a lot of other comics that aren't podcasting, you know, I, it's very hard to figure out how you're going to, you know, try I to I think a lot of people are going to move home. rent. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people are going to move home or uh, sex work is big. I know you have an OnlyFans page where you do a feet show every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Is that what it is? Yeah, and what I do is one of my feet I don't groom because some of the guys are into the dirty shit. Right, yeah. So I, I paint them so they look like Joey Diaz's feet with all the fungus. <laughs> and the other one, I buff the fuck out of it. Shine it up. 
like a Thai woman. I stay on top of that <laughs> shit. I get the cuticles nice and rounded. Yeah. Pluck the hairs on the knuckles. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, if you want to go see it, it's uh, it's Fitz Baby Boy. Fitz, Fitz Baby Boy's feet at OnlyFans.com. And that exists, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Somebody's Fitz, already Fitz got Baby that Boy's one. feet. Yeah, you know what it does. Who, let me ask you one thing. Uh, uh, I love doing your show. I, I did your show. I had a great time on your show. I'm interested because your rhythm as a comedian is so different than it is as when you podcast. Are there people that can't that you think are going to play well with you on there that don't at all? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean by that? Like yeah. Because your rhythm as a stand-up and as a guy is significantly different than what you do on your show. Uh, is Are there people that you get that think that they know what they're getting into but they they just they can't hang i had a really bad incident with uh um now you got rob cordry's brother is he in entertainment as well yeah he's on a sitcom he's on sitcom oh, he's shit. like really big oh okay and he came on the podcast because i'm i'm friends with his brother yeah rob's funny and i reached out to rob is beyond funny yeah he's, he's very funny. fucking great and yeah. the greatest guy and i i don't know if i reached out to him or his brother reached out to me but he came on. He came on the show, and because it was Rob's brother, I just assumed because Rob is a huge ball buster. Yeah. So I go right in on him, mm-hmm. and on the air, I start going after him, <laughs> and he looks at me like I just called his mother a cunt. I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" And then we kind of like I we talk. I go, "Are you all right?" And he was like, "No, that was really not." And so we kind of went back and forth, and then you know when you. You put a Band-Aid on it, but it ain't healed. It's, so, it's, it's hemorrhaging blood on the side of the Band-Aid. For 45 minutes, there is blood <laughs> dripping off the Band-Aid. And we finally finish, and I'm like, all right, go get this thing cauterized. because. <laughs> and, and and then he like tweeted some shit about it afterwards. Oh, like he was like a fuck, fuck you a little yeah. bit? Oh, wow. Yeah. He just couldn't take the hit? Couldn't. He just but it was just he a- didn't, I shouldn't say he couldn't take the hit. He didn't get the tone. I, don't, I think he's got a very... And I've talked to people that know him, and he's a different personality than his brother. Sure, but I mean, yeah. Sometimes. But that's my other thing. Listen to my podcast. Yep. Do me, do me this. If you're going to come on my podcast, and I'm going to promote your shit or yeah, whatever, yeah. give me 10 minutes. You yeah. don't have to listen the whole hour. Just get a sense of what Understand the show is about. Understand the kind of vibe. Yes. The rhythm. Of the, yeah. The ri- well, but that's also like comics just also, we often assume that people are going to get, they're going to get this the rhythm to, yeah. to things of our comedy would go, of course I'm kidding. Of course I'm kidding. Right. You need to say it every two seconds, but some people don't. And look, I'm going to tell somebody else's story, but it, it just made me think of it. I can't say his name. Cause I don't want to, fu- I don't want to bury him. But... I can't wait for this to be over so we can like, yeah, yeah, yeah. notes. On I know, all I know, I know other, other names. Yeah. Uh, he was at a party, um, at a house party in the East side of hall and East, East LA. And, uh, very progressive group of people who are extremely left-leaning, you know, and it's very woke. It's a very woke group of people, right? Yeah. And he's moderate in that sense. Like, he's not overly, but he's, like, very conscious of it. But he's like, you know, I'm, I'm there with, like, and he's gay. And he's like, I'm there with a bunch of lesbians and gay people and, you know, kind of, like, loose sense of humor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we're all talking shit and joking around. I'm thinking everything's a joke. Well, the people that live there have two adopted daughters. And one of the daughters is running around the backyard naked. You know, young, young little girl. She's running around naked and they're running the sprinklers and everyone's laughing. It's like a picnic, a barbecue. And he turns to one of the people at the barbecue (laughs) and goes, she's a little young to be shaving, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) And the people, (laughs) and they couldn't do it. They were like the record 
stop. Oh. Everyone was like, what did you oh, just say? Oh, he didn't just say it to one person. He said it aloud. Well, it was like to, to the... a mini part of the party. Yeah. Like three or four people. Oh, and they, shit. Hey, they kicked him out, and they never <laughs> asked him to come. He never talked to these people ever again. <laughs> Who owned the house? <laughs> I'll tell you afterwards who it is. Oh, that's fucking But that's great. the idea. He's a he's a he's a comic. He's a writer. And uh, the worst part is when we think it, we can't not say it to at least one person. The thought has to come out. Oh well, he had said in retrospect. He as he was saying it, he thought, "Do I know them well enough yeah. to make this fucking joke?" Yeah. Because as a comic, and he, is the joke good enough? I think that's a. Fu- I who wouldn't laugh? Yeah. I mean, holy fuck! It's not doesn't get any better. Than well, that it's not joke. gross. It's not yeah. sexualizing. It's making an off-colored, yeah. slighted joke. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's, your kids running around <laughs> butt naked. It's yeah. like a such a throwaway joke. But yeah. they were so offended by it that they yeah. were like, n- they never talked again. And he right. was like, he had seen one of their friends down the road somewhere, and they ignored him as yeah. if it was like the. Rest. <laughs> You're like the the most disgusting, evil. Because we've all made an off-colored joke thinking. It's harmless. Yeah, I don't mean anything by the thing, but I've had people take things wrong that you're like, oh boy, and yeah. it fucks up the whole night. Yeah, or fucks up the whole podcast. I was at a party one time, and I told you my kids went to the Spanish immersion school, so we're at a party with parents, and I'm talking about a crowd. I'm talking to a I'm talking to like a couple guys I know, mm-hmm. and I said they were. I go they they were like better behaved than a Mexican family at a bus stop. <laughs> and uh and this guy jumps in and he goes hey that's really fucking racist i go i go what are you talking about i go mexican kids are way better behaved yeah that's a compliment than, than white kids i go that's a compliment he yeah. goes you can't generalize i go yeah you actually can because <laughs> they're here a lot of them are here and they're trying to make their way in this country yeah a lot of them are undocumented they're not trying to cause a lot of uh, cause a stir. Yeah. Cause a stir, yeah. and so they tend to be better behaved. Yeah, white and they kids also, are assholes. They, co- they come from intact Catholic families mm-hmm. where there's as respect for your elders. They're right. just better fucking. Yeah, they're good kids. And this guy was a judge. He's a judge on the West Side, and we got into it. And it turns out later, this guy's a complete fucking asshole. I could tell. I'm sure he's listening to this, and uh, and to this day, he and I, if we're at a party together, it's like fuck you <laughs> yeah it's a fuck you but i take that as a badge of honor yeah there's certain times in those social i walk away going like i can back that up yeah because you were right it's a funny yeah. joke about a true thing right also is he a white guy yeah he's a liberal west okay, so, side so judge again this goes back to my original point the people that get the most mad at these things typically aren't the things that you're joking and the people that you would laugh the most with are the people that you're talking about yeah i, I said on a podcast because i had said an old joke is you. My my dad has more wives than ex wives than my black friends have shoes. Mm-hmm. And any black friend I know is like, yeah, that's hilarious. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, because fuck it. But I've had a, a a a white comic friend be like, I don't know, man. I don't know if you can say that. It's like, no, I can't. Do you have black friends? No. That's why you don't get the joke because it, does, well, it there's no application to you. Right. Right. You can't personalize it. You right. can't run that through the filter of how you would have felt with right. your black friends. Right, because you don't have it. So right. if it doesn't exist, it's like saying, when when you say that joke, uh, more behaved than a Mexican kid at a, at a bus stop, in his mind, he's going, he hears Mexican kid, Mexican kid. Yeah, yeah. That's the only target, that the, the, the trigger word. It's not, are you listening to what I just fucking said? Right. I mean, I have a joke that I do in my set that's about, I talk about um, a handicapped girl, a story about a handicapped girl. And without giving it away, I had a woman just lose it on me. And I said, do you, or do you have a handicapped child? Because if you listen to the joke, it actually is 
it's talking about how misrepresented handicapped people are and how people just view them and think about them as less than. That's what yeah. the joke is actually making fun of society. Right. And she says, no, but I just, I'm, I'm offended by it. She uh -huh. has no relevance to handicap. Yeah. So after the show, two guys come up to me, two, two dads, probably, you know, like late 40s, early 50s, and uh, they waited forever. They come up to me, and the one guy says, hey, man, we are, uh, you know, we live in the same neighborhood. We both have handicapped kids. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck. Like, get my seatbelt on. Like, I'm like, well, these guys, want to, what, are they going to fight me outside after, yeah. you know? And they were like, we fucking love that That's shit. Right. Because he was like, we, it was just so honest and funny. And also, what a comment about what's about society's view of handicapped people. Yeah. And I, and I wish I could have fucking ate, taken their words out of their mouth and thrown it at that idiot. Yeah. But it was like, that's... That's the world we live in. Is right. like she has no context. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the problem with comedy's cancel culture. Is it's mostly people that don't have any relation to the thing they're the most mad about. Yeah, they feel like they're supposed to be mad for these people, right? Which inherently is racist. That's like this white savior. Like I'll protect the Mexicans yeah. for the Mexicans. Like yeah. who the fuck are you? Yeah, I had a, a woman open it for me. It wasn't. Ah. <laughs> I just said the name of the person I was trying to protect. Yeah. It wasn't Erica Rose or somebody else. I, can I still tell the story? We can no, bleep. I'll bleep the name. Okay. I'll bleep the name. And I did a, I did a joke about rape in my act. And it wasn't, a, again, it, it was about rape. It wasn't, it wasn't attacking the victim of rape. Right. You're talking about the subject of rape. Yes. Right. Okay. About how I was walking down a hallway in a hotel and like I got in an elevator late at night and mm -hmm. there was a woman already on and I went to push five and she had already pushed five. And so we wait, the door opens, we get out and she goes left and I'm, I'm going left also. And now we're like walking down this long hallway. It's mm -hmm. one in the morning. This is happening to everybody, by the way. Right. Yeah. And I start to feel like this is what it must feel like to be a rapist, you know? And then I just start saying to myself, don't do it. <laughs> and so it's like pretty harmless joke and, yeah. and it's about a real thing and so this woman comes up to me afterwards and she's in the lobby that's a fucked up joke people have been raped and that's gonna and that's triggering whatever and the woman who's open for me looked looked at the woman and she goes i've been raped and i think it's a hilarious joke oh that's great and i went thank you so much that was so fucking cool of you yeah because because also again I, it's a trigger word that yeah. triggered her. Now, whether she had been sexually assaulted at some point in her life, that's not the point. Yeah. She didn't hear the rest of the joke. Yeah. You weren't saying, and it's okay to... Re you don't, you weren't validating something evil. You're talking about something because we have... If we can't talk about fucked up shit... Yeah. And talk about the world within it, we're, then, we're out of, then we're never going to have any sort of social talk well, ever and again. And I talked to Attell a lot about this, and he's upset. He's always obsessed with how like things are getting so PC, and he doesn't think he's going to be able to tour anymore. And I'm like, That's not true. Dave, it's the opposite. Yes. It's the opposite. There's so many people that need a relief from this that want to go to a comedy club and hear you say things that they can't say that they used to be able to say. Or they still talk about, but they're, they're, they only talk about it at home yeah. or with one friend or, right. Yeah. I, I don't believe in that rhetoric of like, uh, uh, what can you say anymore? It's like anything you fucking want. If it's funny, that was like Patrice's oldest rule was like, you can say fucking anything. Yeah. If you're funny and yeah. you believe in it, yeah. you could say it. Yeah. It doesn't mean everyone's going to like it. Yeah. But it's, you can do, you can say it. There is no one going, you can't say it. It's like, Yes, you fucking can. Yeah. It's just, how are you saying it? And what are you really saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that joke is a fucking great joke. Because you're like, in your mind, we've, many men have gone down that hallway. Yeah. And you want to go, 
ma'am, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah, right, I, I right. just, this isn't a coincidence. Yeah. You know, you're Start saying. whistling. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. What's that, sweetheart? I'm on my way home. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, you want to justify the idea of like, this is what creepiness is, and I'm not trying to be creepy. And it's, it's about how society makes you feel creepy. creepy. It's like, I have a hard time being around little kids. Well, that's because so, of your past. That's because of your past. That is long past. <laughs> My libido is so much lower now. But you, Why? Because when you're around kids, you think societally, you're like... Yeah, I I'm, feel like I can't play with a strange kid in a park. Like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, I know what you mean. We go to Central Park in the summer. We go back to New York every year for a couple weeks, and we go to Central Park every fucking day with the kids, or when they were little. And I would always play with little kids, and I play with my son and kids that he met. And can't do now that. Now I don't fuck with anybody's kids anymore. Dude, it's so funny when I when I take the dog to the dog park or just to any park. Kids always want to play with my dog, and I'm so reluctant yeah. to let them because I don't want to have the conversation with the parent that's like, "Come on, Stephen. Come on, Timmy. You know, like, yeah. and give me this weird like, "Why are you talking to my kid?" Right. Because the the innocence is just has gone. Yeah. They assume right away because I'm talking to the kid because they're talking to the dog. Because I'll go, what's your name? You know, and Mikey. Oh, Mikey. Do you guys have a dog at your house? Immediately to a parent, they're like, what are you trying to get in my kid's head, perf? Yeah, you know, right. it's like, oh no, I just want. So now I'm reluctant to, to. I don't say hi to any of the kids. They don't. I don't let kids pet the dog anymore yeah. because parents have this weird protective. When opposite of my, when we were a kid, my my parents were like. See you in a couple hours, you know. Yeah. We could go out and be like, hey, this man talked to me in a van. And my dad's like, okay, yeah. all right, good night. I you got some candy out of the <laughs> yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. My dad used to wrestle with my friends. Yeah. He yeah. used to fucking wrestle around. We were like, you know, seven, eight years old, and we'd be a sleepover, and we'd yeah. have the pile on. Right. and throw, throw kids over the couch and yeah. shit. And yeah. Beat the shit out of us. <laughs> no, you can't do that now. You do that with your you do that with your friend, your kids' friends, you're going to fucking right. prison. You can barely do it to your own kids. Right. right. Well, you can. You just have to make sure they know how to shut up. If you're gonna hit your kids, you got to make them shut the fuck up. I'm, I, I like that's the one thing yeah. you're gonna you can hit your kids, but it has to be a, a learned thing where it's like right. I hit you, but you don't talk about right, right. me hitting you. Yeah, that's what they need to learn. And they don't know naturally. No, no, they you have to... talk. They're fucking talkers. <laughs> you got to change that. You're gonna hit them. You got to hit them in a silence. Yeah. All right. We end every episode the same way. Uh, Wait, there's something I wanted to ask you. Six one. Uh, six and a half inches. Uh, uh, have you measured your dick? And if you do, is it from where the stomach hits the base of the shaft? Because some guys will cheat and they'll try to go from the underside. No, 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 no. That's a cheat. That's a big cheat. Yeah, no, you can't cheat. No, it's got to be, it's got to be, and I haven't done it in a long time, but high school, that was probably the biggest. High school or college is when that became. It's when you become aware that other people have penises of many different sizes. Yeah. Because you either in sports or. You know what I mean? Like when you right. see roommates, you're like, shit. Or you're like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. It becomes this weird duality meter of like uh, uh, so much uh, confidence or so much uh, uh, or a lack of confidence because your friends are just beasts and you're like, oh, you know. Like I, yeah. I played high school basketball. Yeah. I mean. So that, everybody was big. I mean, I showered at home. That, yeah. that knocked out my ego bad. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were dudes, that, two of them became pro football players, by the way. I played with two pro athletes. No shit. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Wow. It, was, it was disgusting. Yeah. It was disgusting. As a freshman, uh, to make varsity and be near, that is, it's, these guys are men, they're men, and I'm a little penis boy. That's why you got to play like badminton, more of an Asian game. Mm. <laughs> Swimming. <laughs> Swimming. I was on the math team. We never showered. <laughs> 
You got to be on chesties. <laughs> you got to get to these Asian yeah. games that you're good. Right. Yeah, no, I, that that was etched into my brain forever. Seeing seeing uh, uh, penises when you play sports mm. will forever. It actually shapes you as a man. It gives you like the okay. I'm I am I feel good in this category. I'm not. I'm that guy's much smaller than me. Yeah, that guy's about my size. These guys are fucking athletes they're pro that's i'm never going to compete those guys that don't even look down they don't even know you see them from the time they unzip yeah to the time they take them off to the time they walk they don't look down once one of the kids in my high school i'm (laughs) fucking fluffing i'm looking i'm looking around smacking it trying to get it juiced up i this guy used to sit naked on the bench he'd put his towel on the bench and he would sit and have conversations with guys as they were getting, getting changed yeah but it wasn't it wasn't because he was like look at my big dick it's just because when you have one, it doesn't matter if they mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. He wasn't like showing it off, mm-hmm. but he was just like, we were, we'd be telling jokes and laughing. Yeah. But I'd be doing the, t- hide the towel, hide the penis. You know what I mean? The like RuPaul drag race. Yeah. I'd be doing the RuPaul drag race talk. <laughs> <laughs> you hold this tape. I'd make him tuck. You hold the tape for me. Thanks, bud. I'd Dude, make can him... someone tape me up? <laughs> <laughs> that honestly, it was the way I learned about like, uh, that gave that gives you a little bit of confidence when you go, okay, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm a normal penis guy. Right. Because the fear is like, if you're the if you're the smallest guy in the locker room, it's just you're gonna get a nickname. Yes, you're gonna get a nickname. You know what I mean? The turtle. We call this guy the turtle. Cigar butt. Cigar butt. Because it would just bury itself mm-hmm. in the nutsack. Yeah. And you're like that poor guy. That's what he's. Mm. What was your was that? What was your nickname? Were you were you cigar butt? Did you have a nickname? I, no, I had a actually. Other than Fitz. Here's the thing is I have a big penis and I'm not saying that in no, a way. No, this is, I've read the, I've seen the Reddit thread. Have you? No, no, no. No, but it's just something that comics talk about sure. because I slept with a few female comics and they all talked about it. Sure. And that one in particular I dated and broke up with me because it hurt too much. Wow. Yeah. That's great. And so Colin Quinn heard about it. So I went on Tough Crowd one time and I was with Patrice and I was with Colin and uh, somebody else I'll tell you after the show, <laughs> okay. another woman. And uh, Colin called me on it. He goes, I keep hearing these rumors, Fitzsimmons. Let's see it. And so I didn't miss a beat. I unzipped my pants. On the I show? Pull, I pulled, no, no, backstage oh, in the okay, green room. Okay, okay. I whip it out. And you know it's a decent size when you say whip. Yeah, whip is, yeah. You don't you don't say like pull, pull it out. Pull means you got to look for it. You got to sneak pull it out. It. Yeah, yeah. I shuffled it out. I shoveled it out. I I coerced it out of its home. So I unleash it, and uh, <laughs> and Colin goes, "Holy shit, that's for real!" And there was a black woman in the room, and uh, she she nodded, and Colin went, "That's all I need to see." Is <laughs> she gave you a verification, yeah. and then he brought it up on the show, and then he brought it, every time I did the show after that, he would bring it up. And now that that woman, that comic, is going to sue you. But <laughs> when I was a kid, we yeah. were swimming in the Tarrytown Lake in the spring, and yeah. I got out, and it was small, oh. and they called me Cigar Butt. Shut up. Yeah. It didn't didn't last forever, but for a couple of years, I was Cigar Butt. That one hurts. That hurt. I was Opie. Yeah. All, all the black kids called me Opie. Yeah. Was that? They, they go Opie Taylor right there. That's uh-huh. what they'd say all the time. Uh, hey, hey, they go Opie right there. And that didn't hurt my feelings, but it did... I. I I could I just couldn't believe that many black guys watched Andy Griffith. Yeah, that was really I was like, really? They knew Andy Griffith's show? Yeah. Like, fucking, it's such a white nerd show. Right. So if I had comedy chops back then, I would have made fun of them for that. Like, what right. are you watching old white guy bullshit shows yeah. for? 
Because Opie was such a specific reference. Yeah, like Wu-Tang had some songs that were like quoting white... I can't remember what the quotes were, but I just remember they always had like things you got like, when did the fucking Wu-Tang Clan watch? <laughs> yeah, like why? You know, the Brady Bunch. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, no, because you realize that like uh, even if dudes are cool, everyone has a nerd element in them. Yeah. Where right. they, they all hide it. You know, some, you find out that some of the most like I'm too cool guys have such nerdy shit that they're in love with, but they just... Don't talk about it because they're embarrassed. You'll yeah. find out that they're a normal dork like everybody. Right. Yeah, Opie was the only one that stuck with me that I like uh that it was annoying to me almost that I was like, What what a lame it's not even an insult. Yeah. It was just like the redheaded well, kid. Which on is TV. a compliment. If it's not a hard insult, it's I know. Like... But it was almost so it's like a lazy Yeah. Like yeah. Carrot Top was lazy. it's so lazy. Yeah. It was like, Oh, that's so lazy. Right. What uh, what, the goofy comic that you see that also has in color? Like, hit me with something hard. Like, give me the thing if you're going to hit me with... Like, insults to me, if you were making fun of somebody, it's like, really fuck them up. All right, let's come up with nicknames for each other Okay. that will really hurt. Okay, do it. <sighs> bad Breath Johnson. Okay. Because you have really bad breath. Okay. Um... Ooh, um old pussy neck fit simmons <laughs> you don't have bad breath i i couldn't think of anything i of know you. and i, I you i said some, the pussy neck because you said it i was gonna say something about your eyebrows but i couldn't think they're of anything. bushy they're, they're right, yeah, real really bushy. bushy yeah yeah cunt face old cunt face old cunt face uh, what about uh old uh did you ever get uh i kick a football through them teeth oh yeah yeah I got but your gap of... isn't really big it's it's actually perfect. It's enough where so when they do a caricature of you, that's, a fan sends you mm-hmm. some art. It gives them something to work with. That's like a butt chin. You don't. You have kind of a butt chin. Yeah. But you have a slight enough where it's got the man element. Yeah. And the gap teeth is the man element. When somebody has too much of a butt or too big of a gap. Yeah. Then it's embarrassing and funny. Then again. you're Paul Shear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Then it becomes a joke bit. Then it's then that then you have to be a goofball. Yeah. Otherwise, people are like, I can't. You can't take you seriously. You have a fucking you have an ass on your face. I can still be a leading man in, um, like, say, like a sixty to seventy-five dollar movie. <laughs> that to be the budget. You could be a leading guy. <laughs> you could still be a lead in you something. Think so why not? Wow. Why can't the fuck? Why, like, don't you think we're gonna come back to this place of like, people are tired of seeing who they think they're supposed to see on film and not? Just, I think so. Yeah. Like, don't you want to see people that look like fucking humans anymore? Yeah. Like, how many women look like Gal Gadot? Two, mm. she's not a real fucking person. I know. I watched a, a sitcom on ABC last year. I can't remember the name, but like the leads were in bed mm. and they thought they heard something downstairs. So they both got up out of bed to go run downstairs with like a broom and something. And they're wearing underwear and he's got on tidy whities He is fucking ripped and tan and gorgeous. And she looks like a Victoria's Secret model. I'm like, what was the casting session like for this comedy show? Yeah, Were these the funniest people that came in that day? Yeah, dude. Or was Eddie Pepitone in the lobby right. ready to fucking destroy the lines? Right. And they just were like, "Yeah, there's a nude scene in the first act and yeah. we just can't. Yeah, I just think people are tired of seeing people that don't look like people anymore. Yeah. You should look like a human. It should be. Yeah. Like if we're going to embrace this whole culture with women of like this feminist push to be like, uh, 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 all body sizes are, are are beautiful, and it's like okay, great. Then let fucking normal looking people in Hollywood then, right? Because who wants to fucking looking at beautiful people is good for certain things. I get it, 
But don't you want to feel like those are real things that you're looking at anymore? Yeah. Because at some point, I don't. You see a movie, it takes you out. I said this. I said this before. I watched Will Ferrell's new movie Eurovision, and uh, I love Will. I've always loved him, but he, it's gotten to the point where all I see is Will now. I don't see the person he's trying to play. Yeah which I think is a tough breaking point for me for characters of like, you got to get someone new and you got to get someone different. Doesn't yeah. he, I'm not saying like someone, get the young class in there. It's like, just get, there's a million other people yeah. that I want to look at them and not see Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I just, I was watching it trying and I was like, it's Will Ferrell. Yeah. It's Will Ferrell. I kept looping Will Ferrell in my head. Right. You can't escape anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like the more shows come out with new people, the more I'm excited. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh fuck, I don't, I've never seen this person. They may be big in Britain or whatever, or like have had a, one or two sitcoms here, but I just rather invest in the new. Who's the guy that gets roles that you want to be getting or who you know you're competing with? Honestly, no, I don't. I used to joke me and Ian Edwards would go out for the same stuff. That's how little they did. I swear <laughs> to God, it would be like three black guys and me. Really? Yes, I swear all the time I'd get fucked. I'd be put in this class of like non-white because Hollywood pretended to not be racist for you. Uh-huh. They were so racist. They'd be like, uh, bring in the blacks and the, the and the ne'er-do-wells, like whatever they categorize. Yeah. So it would be like me, a guy who has like an, an ear down here and like one black guy and a Puerto Rican kid. Uh-huh. I was in this group of nonsense guys for years until yeah. they finally were like, oh my God, we are racist. And they uh, overcorrected their mistake and realized that they're even more racist now than they ever were. But that's a whole nother discussion. But I, I never... There was never a guy that I always went up against. I never had like one guy yeah. that was, I mean, uh, who gets roles that I like a lot. Mm. Mm, I don't know. I mean, maybe, um, I feel like that Miles Teller kid gets a lot of cool stuff. Who's that? He was in that, he was in the, um, in the drum movie with, uh, JK Simmons. Why can't oh, I think of- yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Why can't I think of his fucking... Anyway, he's kind of like a young, cool kid that I'm like, I could do some of those cool roles. Mm-hmm. I could do something near that. I don't know. I've never... Why? Did you have you have someone that stole a role from Talon. you? Talon. Every time I'd go to an audition. Really? Every pilot season, I'd so walk much in... So funnier than and that I'd guy. See, I, I would see... It wasn't talent then. It was just a... It was... He'd be signed in. Yeah. And I, and I could hear laughing in the room. And then, he, and then the door would open. Arm around one of them. Mm-hmm. Kisses another one on the cheek. Yeah. Sexually harassing everybody. <laughs> and, you know, with a fucking half a bulge sticking out. That, yeah. You know, he's got a sock in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has the pump. He's got a pump. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would just be like, all right, I, I, do you validate parking? Because I'm not even going in. <laughs> I'm going home. No, I, I never had one guy that, like, uh, that stole rolls. But I did. This is bad. But I did. Uh, and not talking bad about him. But the guy that they put me up against for when I did I'm Dying Up Here. This is awful. They put me up against this guy knowing that I think they were going to pick me, uh-huh. which was a really weird move. Like, they yeah. had been kind of candid with my team about being like... Well, because they probably need to negotiate against you. Yeah, but it was... But, you know, in retrospect, I was like, that was fucked up for this yeah. guy. He flew out from New York, oh, you know? Oh, really? Like, and, and he's a good actor. He's a good dude. Yeah. And then um, halfway through the first season, I had gotten a talk from... Um, they, when they were doing uh, 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 This Is Us, and uh, I'd known the showrunner, and I'd known some people over there, and they were like, hey, they want you to do this one role. Um, there's one other guy up for it. And it was the same fucking 
kid. No shit. And I got that over him, oh, too. <laughs> so he wow. fucking... Hey, he probably sees me yeah. and is like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Because we interacted a few times. He was yeah. like, hey, man. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And can I say this? This is mean. But I knew I was going to get it over him as well. Like, it was just a... Well, now you know every time because there's an alpha status. That's well, it sucked. I, but I could feel it. When yeah. it was him, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to beat yeah. you for this. He's going to want to murder me. Yeah. And he probably does hate my fucking guy. He probably sees me... Anytime he sees me on anything, he's probably... Well, a lot of people. Hate me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You are the organizer of that list. Why do you keep passing that around? That I don't like that. I'm BCC'd. I've tried to get off the list well, for a on, long dude, time. Well, come on, dude, please. Can you stop? Yeah. No, it's, it's got a life of its own now. I mean, every <laughs> comedy legs. community is in it. Like Austin, yeah. Austin Comics. What? Yeah, Houston Comics. Fucking, I heard in Spain, and this is weird because I didn't know there was stand-up in Spain. Yeah, there's a good scene there now. They fucking hate you. What? Hate you. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll keep working and being funny and trying my best. And one day I can, I can be like you. That's right. Turkey neck McGee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look in the camera, yeah. and we end the episode with one Do, word. Can I plug my? Uh... No, your shit does is meaningless. What? Yeah, of course. I got a new podcast that uh, you mentioned, Mike Gibbons, before. Yes, and you know having guests is great, but like we we've been best friends since college. Yeah. And if you don't know Mike Gibbons, he's a guy who created a lot of shows. He created Tosh.0. Oh very smart. Very uh, the, talented. The showbiz show with David Spade. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's worked with everybody. All the Between Two Ferns. And yep. So uh, we do every Sunday. We tape it on Saturday. We get the Sunday paper early. Then we rip through it. And we do each section of the news. And it's it makes this look tame, the shit we say about race yeah. and women. You just let it go. Well, because we've known each other so long, we just forget we're even taping anything. Right. And uh, it's your, it's your can get me canceled project. Exactly. Yeah. And good. it's called Sunday Papers, and it's been it's been growing really fast. And I'm psyched to come on here because I know you have a lot of great listeners, and uh, they'll so love check it. it out. Sunday yeah. Papers comes and out you're on still doing, You're still doing fits. You're Fitz still doing radio is out there, and then Childish is my other podcast with Allison Rosen. That one doesn't matter at all. I'm not. I, we're gonna bleep that one out. I don't. Allison, I'm so sorry. I tried. <laughs> no. She'll give me shit if I don't. No, no. But those three listen to them. But especially the new one because that sounds phenomenal. Yeah. Sunday paper. Sunday paper. Listen to it. What, are you filming it or no? Yeah, it's on YouTube also. All right, great. I'll yeah. mention it up top so if people didn't get this far, they'll hear it at Beautiful. the beginning as well. Look in the camera. Say the say one word or one phrase to end the episode as soon as I get off camera here. One word or one phrase. Apocalypse. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. You were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the 